Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode 148 of the F Reality Podcast. Sit back and relax while we digest and regurgitate this week's top VR news. We're going to be talking about an amazing VR time machine. We take to the skies and beyond to discuss Microsoft's flight simulator and the No Man's Sky desolation update. We also have some fresh Quest 2 rumors, and we'll be talking with our special guests all about SideQuest for Oculus Quest. And then finally, Zim's going to round up the show with some VR releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team, find out what's been their highlight of the week this week, and also let us know what you played this week in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, First up to the plate, this guy laughs in the face of a paper cut. He's an origami master, or some would say he's even a paper beast VR streamer. This is him, Talk 5. How are you? You definitely threw me on that one. You definitely threw me on that one. I'm, I'm good. I've, I've, I've done what I needed to do this week, which is, you know, get the grass cut. That's like the number one thing in Scotland that you got to do. And the second thing is uh, solve a multi-year power problem that my PC has been running with. Which is, which I can't believe the solution. I literally ripped out a 970 from my card, from my, from my PC, and that solved the problem. I've been overdrawing my 750 watt uh, power supply for like years and had no idea why my USBs were flickering on and off and all this kind of weird stuff, but that was the answer. So, and that um, was because you were running two cards, right? <laughs> Two cards, four hard drives. I mean, a lot of people will say you put it through a calculator, it comes out at about 850. But I didn't know that power supplies did this. Like, that they uh, they scale that well. Because I mm. haven't had any problems on the graphical side. Um, but it, I'll tell you, I've got, like, way better performance in all my VR games <laughs> now, taking a card out of my machine and okay. running <laughs> only on the one 1080. So I, I've answered uh, all of those problems. Mystery solved. Well, that is true, actually, because, you know... Um VR doesn't support SLI, does it? So, no. you know, it's, well, I, it's only for other features that you'd want a dual card setup for a VR yeah, content well, creator. I, I used to run two 970s, and then for a while I was using the second, like, 970 to uh, to do encoding and stuff, and it, it just mm. it helped. It, it was like a nice little trick, and there's some things you can do to kind of help yourself out if you're a single PC person and, you know, don't want to fork out for a massive card or a massive CPU. But... Um, Little did I, little did I think that <laughs> pulling a card out of my machine was going to help, but uh, it did. Uh, and my highlight of the week, very simply, is uh, I finally got my hands back onto my hot ass uh, at throttle and stick <laughs> and went flying. Uh, we did a, a, a kind of a squadrons prep uh, flight Ooh. sim weekend, uh, kind of like we did the racing weekends. Uh, my yeah. buddy Buck has started Starbucks Sunday, and so now once a month we're doing that. I got absolutely creamed in. Eve Valkyrie, uh, but Valkyrie runs incredibly well, has hot ass support, and I had a blast. So that was I it. I watched I'm, some I'm, of I'm, your your stream actually, and I was thinking, oh, man, that looks super intense. It, yeah, it is. It, it's like uh, you know, it's that whole like six degrees of of terror. You know, you'd have to yeah. watch all all your all your sixes, not just one six, all sixes. And uh, yeah, I, so I that's died probably a good a recommendation for uh, practice for squadrons right now as Eve Valkyrie. Yeah, I think it's probably um, the one, right? Yeah, but I mean, from what I hear about squadrons, is it'll be a little bit more like Rails uh, flight, like um, kind of like Microsoft Flight Sim or uh, Elite Dangerous Arena, for instance. So there are some other games out there that you can try that are maybe uh, a little bit cheaper. But I thought E Valkyrie was dead. I literally thought it was dead to rights, and it's not. Um, no. uh, aside, if you can get a match going, it's not. I mean, the servers are working, the game functions. Uh, it's got some gorgeous levels and ships, and the balance is all right. 
Um, so you yeah, I, it's just a shame that it wasn't better out the gates because initially you had to unlock your ships and stuff, and now it's just smorgasbord. You get to play with whatever you want. But isn't it cross-platform? It is cross-platform. Yeah. yeah so, so, can, so the PlayStation community is also joining in when you play. Yeah. So uh, look, I, the the I'm not saying the game isn't dead. The servers are pretty dead uh, at the moment, so you do have to organize a match if you want uh, to fly with somebody. But the game, I thought was unplayable and it's totally playable and works quite well so if you can get people together um it's not a bad option for i think it's like 15 quid will you be hosting any more uh nights like this so people can join your discord and play some more or yeah yeah i'm 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 not hosting at buckets but uh yeah next uh so it's the second sunday every month so if you're looking out for some flight combat then by all means uh go hit them up buck three one three one zero man there you go nice one nice one um so next up this guy became famous worldwide after being roasted live on stream by the one and only Dr. Disrespect. It's our Frisian friend. It's Nathy. How are you? You really had to bring this up. <laughs> well, it's, it's, an, it's an anniversary. That, We're never forgetting yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no. Um, it still hurts. Lucky you didn't have a mustache then, man. You, know, you only picked on your shirt. Oh, you think he would have picked on that? Maybe. I think so. You know, he rocks. He, he knows mustaches. You know, that's yeah, his deal. So, okay. yeah, his is definitely a little bit more awesome than mine. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, well, sadly, I didn't get roasted this year, but uh, who knows? Maybe next year when E3 mm-hmm. might happen again. Um, but um, yeah, talking about highlights, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Vertigo uh, Remastered, but we're going to talk about that later. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll just hold my, my horses on that one. Um, yes. And then um, the other highlight that I have, like I haven't really done that much because I was like so into Iron Man VR and making all these videos that uh, I, I had to go on a small holiday, uh, to be honest. I was like completely, you know, dead from, from the outside and the inside. Um, but um, what is exciting is that the um, project with Mr. Beast is almost finished and ready to Ooh. be recorded. So that's that's going to be super, super duper cool. It's extremely ambitious. And again, as I said, I hope it's going to be, uh, you know, good advertisement for VR. Can you give a quick awesome. recap for people who aren't familiar with this mega project that you're helping support, Nathan? Yeah, so um, Mr. Beast uh, is like one of the most famous YouTubers on the platform who does videos where they usually spend a lot of money and then do challenges or they um, like buy something crazy and, 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 and well, you know, uh, make content with that. That's kind of what it comes down to. And um, what they are working on now is um, they are uh, making a video and where they're going to spend $100,000 and even a little bit more now, to be honest, because there was so much stuff to to get. Uh, And they're going to spend that on VR equipment. So we're talking about low-end, medium-end, high-end. So um, cardboards, um, Nintendo Labo, Valve Index, Vive Cosmos, um, Refurb. Uh, G2 uh, treadmills, uh, haptic gloves, haptic suits, smell modules, uh, um, swimming pools with with uh, diver VR headsets. Um, it, it, it's going to be insane. Um, but um, yeah, so that's kind of what we are working on with them. And what I'm doing, what my role is, is to buy all the stuff and uh, connect all the developers to this project so you know they can get some advertisement. 
Um, so they basically they just sent you a credit card and they were like <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the romantic idea for sure yeah so that and and now also uh i will well i can't get into america right now that was the plan i was going to america to set it all up but i will have boots on the ground in a different way um, with a whole vr team and they're gonna set everything up and they're gonna make sure that everything is gonna run and that when the video is ready it's gonna be kick-ass but you know VR equipment in general, as you guys may know, is like so um, so exotic that it's not compatible with each other. Mm. Um, so a lot of the stuff hopefully will work, but I just put focus on certain projects, you know, or products like, you know, the Quest needs to work for sure. The Valve Index needs to work for sure. Uh, and, and some other things that, that we got because, you know, they're always like, for example, Treadmill, you know, we spoke about this before. Like, I, I can't change the experience. I mean, I can connect it, but the experience is, is, is up to the person who plays on it. So, yeah, I'm just focusing on what we in the market would say are the top sellers. And if they look good on camera, I think we're, we're on, a, on a right. Uh, because this is going to be a video that is going to pop up every time you look for VR. This is not going to go away anytime soon because, I mean, this guy has like 10 to 20 million views on a video. So, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's uh, going to happen very soon. Awesome. Looking yeah. forward to seeing Very that. Nice. And then talking about uh, more behind the scenes stuff about that in the future as well on yes. the show. For sure. Um, right. So next up, just like Eleven from Stranger Things, you don't want to stand between this guy and his egos. It's our very own mad <laughs> scientist. <laughs> it's Rowdy VR. How are you doing, dude? Uh, yeah, I'm, do I'm doing great. You just had to pick that one, of course. Yeah, of course. No, I, I, I don't blame you. It was the only tweet that I made this week. It's been a, it's been a very busy week for me. Um, but uh, my highlight of the week, and uh, it's kind of funny because we're going to be talking about that a little bit later as well, is that I tried out SideQuest for the first time. Hey. Hey. Good man. Yeah, exactly, Good exactly. Man. It took, it, like, like I said before, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who doesn't want to spend extra time on like, you know, uh, things that are not coming pre-installed. But I have to say like the experience with installing SideQuest was very straightforward, very easy to do, very quick to do. Um, and I did it a while ago. I did it a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned it on the podcast as well, but I hadn't played any games yet. So I wanted to ask, uh, which game do you think that I played now for the first time uh, using SideQuest? Uh, Pavlov. <clears throat> Pavlov. Mm. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, that, that, was, that, that was the main reason I think I was interested in, uh, in trying this out. So I, I tried out two games, actually. Which one is the other one, you think? Uh, Hyperdash. Exactly. The contract is nice. Good guess, Ola. <laughs> so, so I tried out those two in a, in a, in SideQuest, and um, yeah, it, it worked beautifully. Uh, I was surprised actually by how much more that the app is than I that I expected. Actually, like uh, like a lot of people are talking about the gaming side, but it's like there's a lot of stuff in there that I I haven't heard before of, like. Um, you can use uh, ADB commands. You have uh, screen sharing in there. There's a browser. There's so many extra modules and extra things in there that make this kind of thing interesting, even if you're not interested in, interested in the gaming side. Of course, the gaming side is a big thing of it, but having these kind of extra things mm -hmm. makes it something that is very interesting for me as well. Nice. Nice. Nice, nice to see yeah, you awesome. experimenting and timely as well for the show. Yeah. You know? Exactly, right? <laughs> you have, no, you have no idea. This has nothing to do with our guests. This is just Rowdy finally coming around. Yeah. Like after yeah, years it's, it's of us no badgering lie. him. No <laughs> to be fair, he has been busy, like, you know, moving to the other side of the world. So we, you know, yeah. we'll give him a pass on this one. <laughs> 
a nice, nice recommendation. Um, so let me introduce our special guests this week, Shane and Orla Harris, the creators of SciQuest, the third-party distribution platform for Oculus Quest. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks. Uh, it's um, awesome. It's awesome to have you both on the show. Do you have a, like a game or something or VR experience that you've played recently that you kind of want to share or highlight as something as your highlight of the week maybe yeah it's it's a difficult thing to address because i don't like to um i don't like to show any favoritism you know we, we recently introduced a, a staff pick section and um we've only just started dipping our, our you know a digit into the curation world uh, I mean, everything else is kind of organic um and uh, you know yeah i think i think something that's really grabbed my attention recently is the multiplayer hand tracking that's come out from uh push matrix so uh You'll remember him from things like uh, the hand space where you clap your hands and they go completely crazy. And um, the also very popular uh, uh, miniature uh, Beat Saber that he set up where he had, uh, you know, in the seat of a, of a, of a, of a plane, basically. Um, but uh, yeah, the multiplayer hand tracking, what, what I really liked about it is how simple it is and how effective it is. Um, I think it's a really nice example of how we're starting to move away from using things like keyboards, mice, gamepads for that kind of input. And now we're moving over to, you know, a much more kind of organic and natural way to interact uh, with other humans on the planet through technology. And one of the things I think is amazing about that is um, the, the closer we get to using these more natural input methods, uh, the more we start to solve some of the, some of the age old uh, problems with humanity, you know, and people can, um, really get a sense of presence when you can leverage your hands in yeah. such an organic way and, mm. and be able to kind of show what you're what you're doing and it's it's an extra level of immersion for kind of everybody yeah. that's involved you know it's it's like the first time you sure. see see somebody body tracking in vr it's it's immersive for everybody it kind of spreads like wildfire so really excited to see uh you know these kind of organic things come out and you know how they could yeah, be applied for um you know maybe people with disabilities and stuff but uh, yeah I think the hand tracking is, is still something that blows me away every time I try putting on the Oculus Quest, just because as soon as you pop that on, you see your hands on there already. And the, the way that it, the interaction just works with that is just brilliant. And it, I think you hit the nail on the hat when you say it gives you that more that feeling of presence when you can actually touch things and like drag them out. It, it's a very natural way of interacting with the world because, you know, we've been doing that since since we were a child. So. Mm. Um, I, I think I think that's a very neat feature, and, and and I think a lot of games and experiences can actually benefit from that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And is that multiplayer hand tracking experience available on SideQuest now? It is. It is indeed. Yeah, it's been up there for for a couple of days. He he was a bit quiet about the launch of this one. Uh, I think mainly because you you know it, it requires two people at a minimum uh, to, yeah. to to work. So uh, he didn't want to be as vocal about it um, and have people uh, you know concerned they couldn't use it on their own. But um, you know we we have a little VR meetup channel there on our Discord, and you know that's all people are talking about is can somebody jump in here so I can have a, have a test of this uh, over the nice. last week. So, and what yeah. is it called if people want to find it? Uh, just multiplayer hand tracking. Awesome. So there you go. Very simple and effective. And yeah, yes. from the videos I've seen, it looks really great. So maybe a few of us will have to jump into that and try it, try it out ourselves. Um, but before um, I jump into sort of what I uh, played this week and my little highlight of the week, let's see what the uh, the chat have been up to because they've always been up to some interesting stuff. Yes. So um, yeah, we have a couple of people who played games. We have uh, Razar Clips who. Well, actually hasn't played anything, uh, spoiler alert, but can't stop looking at the quest. 
it's insane and I really want one. It's like this, this Smeagol moment, you know, where it's like, my precious, and you want to buy it. But <laughs> well, they're you, available now, so go yeah, ahead, yeah, get yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, no, he, no, he should, because you never know. You never know how long it's going to take before, you know. Um, so um, then we have uh, Johnny Wells, who has played Hybo and also V Speedway, both on SideQuest. Mm. Um, mm. We have Bug Bites, who uh, uh, dove into Half-Life Alex, um, and it's his sixth time this is this is wow. my man this oh is God. this is, i i totally feel Wait, you a sixth playthrough yeah well, wow never gets old never gets old uh then we have tim who dove into pistol whip uh and then we have borg who played down the rabbit hole and the curious tale of the stolen pets lots of puzzles and then last but not least we have bmf who said yay for side quest <laughs> <laughs> yay for bmf <laughs> so, so this week um the thing i want to talk about is something that i mentioned last week on the show and that was tempest and it's a, a live uh, theater experience being hosted in the under presents now if you're not familiar with the under presents it's a unique vr experience available on quest rift and steam um, however the tempest production is only available on quest and rift right now so basically, it's an immersive theater experience where you join uh, five other players uh, and a live actor host online. And together, you sort of travel through time and space to enact uh, an exciting story of love and revenge inspired by Shakespeare's famous tale, The Tempest. And uh, I have to say, I didn't really know what to expect going into this, but I was left pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Um, so like I said, you and five others go in, you, you start in a lobby area, you can't talk to each other, so you're all muted. So the only way you can communicate is by sort of sign language or like snapping your fingers and like holding objects and like passing them to each other. So you can have a little bit of fun. And then you're all kind of transported around a campfire and that's kind of where the story starts. And you meet your host who is a, a live actor and then he kind of leads you through the story. Now, I won't spoil anything for you because I think you should definitely go and try this out yourself. Uh, it's about 45 minutes long in total. Mm. You're taken to all sorts of various locations and you also, each of you will have a role to play in the story. So you'll be designated roles from the host. Uh, so you kind of... <laughs> Can you screw it up? You could, you could mess it up, yeah. And, and that's the kind of magic of it to a certain degree because you, you learn the story through experiencing it firsthand by taking on a role. Uh, and I would kind of urge people that if you try it, just kind of like let loose and just kind of like just really embrace it and kind of get into it because you'll have way more fun okay. that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly for me, I'd never experienced anything like this before. And I guess the closest thing that I've experienced that's like it is like the Dr. Crumb mm. escape room experience yeah, that we all yeah. did together, yeah. you know, that also had a live actor guiding us through the experience. Um, but there's something really magical about being in the story with other people and a host that can kind of adapt and react uh, based on the participants, you know, reactions, which kind of makes each live show completely unique in that mm. sense. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I wasn't really interested in live events in VR before, um, but having tried the sort of Jean-Michael Jarre, you know, music experience, then the Dr. Crumb escape room, which we all did together, and now this, I really want to experience more live hosted VR experiences, uh, especially as it's hard to do kind of real life stuff right now. This is kind of a real nice stopgap uh, in between. So I would say if you like theatre or you just want to try something completely unique in VR that you've probably never experienced before, then I'd urge you to go and check out The Tempest. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It, it's also, you know, what I think is pretty cool about this is that um, 
So sometimes people don't go to like theater shows because they know they could be uh, like they're sitting in the audience like, oh, God, I hope this they're not going to ask me any, uh, you know, like right. that, that feeling. And with this, it's like, you know, you can't talk. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So but you're still involved, but no one knows who you, who you are. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's also cool to to see some interaction uh, in a way where if you're kind of nervous about, you know, having the social interaction, but still enjoy art in a certain way, then this is also, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because like when you when we started, everyone's kind of a bit stiff, a bit cardboard. Yeah, it's not like hey, then, hey, Mike. <laughs> They're well, asking Mike nowadays. You know, it's like yeah, that you don't happen. know who each other are no. because there's no name tags. No. You can't talk. You know, so yeah. um, it's completely anonymous in that sense. Yeah, so yeah, after yeah. a while, everyone sort of relaxes, gets into the role, and just starts having fun so, and and going through the story together. Is the live part like is the live guide? You said there's five people. So those are five joiners guided what by the voice of someone who's kind of talking as like the narrator or how is it how does that work so, so there's six of you in total um you know uh, who are participants and then there's the host and um he's an actual character there and he's uh, okay. distinguished uh you know differently from everyone else um and yeah he can control or, or she can control many different aspects and teleport you transport you to different parts of the map uh, different worlds also produce items take items off you uh they have a lot of control actually which is really interesting um and again i won't spoil anything but i would say go check it out um it's kind of one of those things you have to book tickets for in advance because it is a live production um and to book tickets you have to go into the under presents vr app and go to the 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 box office and actually buy a ticket there uh using the in-app purchase sort of um, method through oculus which surprisingly worked very well and then when you're ready to go you pull your mask off in the under presents and it shows your showtime on there and then you just get teleported into the world as soon as the 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 show starts see that Um, was the problem because i got you sold me on this and so did a couple of commentators saying zim you gotta go try this thing i loaded into the game on oculus home through my rift s Went up to the ticket desk and it said something along the lines of there are no tickets. Uh, uh, ticket desk is offline or something along those lines uh, when I tried yeah. to buy. So did you experience any problems like that when you tried to go for a ticket? Uh, no, although, you know, it was fairly booked up. Um, I had to book a week in advance. Um, there, was no, then... there was no schedule dates. I had no availability of information to tell me how oh, no. I could or, you know, come back later to book a ticket or anything like that. It, would, it should show you show times, and obviously the ones you can't book are all grayed out, and then the ones are available you can click on. Um, it costs fourteen ninety nine in US dollars, so about 10 quid in British pounds, and it is just a one-off 45-minute experience, but I would say it's worth the entrance yeah. fee uh, for something completely unique that you've probably never experienced in VR before. So that must have been a technical uh, problem then, because... Like, yeah. And, and the thing is, I really want to do it, but I I think it's very bizarre that they made it this way that you buy a ticket. Like, I, why couldn't they do this, like, just through an interface or on your phone? It, it seems weird that you have to go load up the VR headset at a time you're not going to actually but, uh, do the thing. Uh, but it's because, like, the Oculus system doesn't really have something. Like, it's not built Still, for that yet, you know? It, not yet. Like, if, if you look at the platform, it doesn't really support the artistic side of, like, you know, this should be kind of, like, standard already by now yeah, but why not like a just standard ticket booking website right like where you just say pick your time yeah, but, proceed but put your yeah, credit but, card details in and yeah, you're no, done no i understand but the, like i've the already pla- been a bit you know presented a barrier and unable to yeah, purchase but, a time, the time so i'm just wondering the platform is focused on gaming and not not on so if, if there would be some more uh, attention to that then they could then that should be the standard for sure what you're yeah. saying i think so mm. yeah yeah 
Still very cool though. I definitely yeah, recommend it. Good. You know, um, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure this is just the beginning of these kind of live immersive theater experiences in virtual reality, yeah. and I'm I'm all for it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if you if you want to try something unique, go check it out. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, our highlights of the week this week. So let's dive into some news. And the first bit of news comes from a friend of the show, Lucas Risotto. Um, you may have heard of Lucas before, as he developed a VR game called Where Thoughts Go. Did any of you guys try this one out? Oh God! When it originally yes. released, yes. Okay. It's, uh, my embarrassing thoughts are are floating somewhere in the ether of that game. Uh, so you record <laughs> your thoughts, and then like it, someone else can actually hear them. It's it's a bit of a bizarre app. But I never ran across my own. I ran across loads of other people's. Though <laughs> it's weird thoughts. listening to other people's audio. You know? <laughs> weird. It, it's quite a fascinating app. Yeah, and and you're right. It's, it's it's completely unique social VR experience where you record your your dreams, your fears, okay. and secrets completely anonymously. Uh, for other people to discover and listen to. And then, of course, you get the opportunity to listen to other people's uh, secrets too, which makes it like a really interesting and unique concept. Um, but since releasing Where Thoughts Go, which you can go and check out on, uh, like I said, Steam, Rift, and Quest, um, Lucas has been working hard on a new concept whereby he created his very own uh, time machine in virtual reality. And then he documented his journey in an expertly produced YouTube video. So... How he did this, how to create his VR time machine, he, he captured every day of his life for a whole year whilst traveling around the world, recording his adventures using a pair of Snapchat Spectacles 3 camera glasses, which records footage in stereoscopic 3D at 60 frames per second. And then he took that footage every day and then painstakingly uploaded it, archived it and stored it across eight terabytes worth of hard drive space. And then... He built a completely custom app and environment in VR with a control panel and memory finder, which would allow him to go back in time and relive a moment from that year in virtual reality. <laughs> like how the guy came up with this whole idea, I have no idea, but the guy is a genius. Because it was just... I, I, I do see the link between like, you know, where thoughts go and it, yeah. this kind of experience that he made. So yeah. it's, it's, it's clear that like he got like um, introduced to that kind of concept uh, it, from his own app. that game from yeah. his own app yeah, yeah. he's just got Definitely. an amazing brain yeah um but yeah he, he documented the whole thing is super creative and he kind of gave us a glimpse of what might be possible in the future if we were to capture like you know moments special moments in you know with these kind of stereoscopic 3d glasses and then we could then relive those moments again far in the future using virtual reality but i don't know if you guys saw this video did you did you watch it and, and yeah. what did you think of it yeah, it's uh, as you say, it's a masterfully pieced together. Uh, it's 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 not just like a documentary style of here's what I did this project. It's fun right the way through. Like I love when he's doing the spectacles work and he's showing little clips from I'm, I'm forgetting the the first person adventure film. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, that was Hardcore like? Henry. Yeah, Hardcore Henry. So he's like as if this was part of my life, right? Yeah. And, and it's just like he has a beautiful setup. It's it's incredibly well composited. But like just the thought of it and, and <laughs> the challenges he's faced, like, for instance, some of us who are constantly creating video content, you've got stacks of hard drives. This guy talks about that and like, you know, managing that data. But I was so surprised that the the, the capture method that he used was the spectacles mm -hmm. because they're so flimsy and they have so low storage capability. So he must have had like every day been offloading, you know, through like this mantra of just offloading information, but such a, 
bizarre concept, really engaging, and I haven't seen anyone else do something like this. I've seen those ones where people will say, I haven't cut my hair in like, you know, a year, mm. but that's pretty easy. But like, <laughs> you know, wearing spectacles, now he wasn't wearing them 24 seven, right? Cause it can only captures like a minute at a time or whatever, but it's still a, a bizarre and awesome project. And, and the VR implementation that he did, plus his video editing skills, plus the self introspection in the video that he captures, like his comments about looking back on his life, it is an absolutely worthwhile 30 minutes. I totally agree with your comments, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, a gaming science teacher says it, it's like that Black Mirror episode. And it kind of is, but in a very lighthearted and funny and entertaining way. Uh, and like you said, the way he did it was 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 expertly executed. And we've put a link to the video in the description down below. Um, but at but the, the same time, like towards the end of the video, he, he touches on some very like crucial points with this kind of uh, experience here. He's talking more about like, you know, the memories that he has forgotten uh, while he has experienced them. And I think that's a very interesting kind of concept as well. And um, th there are applications for, for this kind of stuff as well, especially when you look at like the elderly population um, that, that tend to, to, to only be able to remember certain parts of their memory or certain kind of uh, uh, memories that they have. And I think that these kind of things could be very... Um, you know, in the medical field could have their application as well, mm -hmm. that you will be able to store memories and uh, to, to, to help people remember a better time or it can actually work very therapeutical, I think, uh, in, in, a, in a lot of different kind of ways. Uh, and I think there's a lot of research that has been going on in that particular field as well. So in that way, I, I do think that besides, of course, it is very lighthearted, but it has a very um, good potential application regardless of the black mirror kind of stuff and mm. there's one more thing that i want to say about the video um is that well first of all it's very well produced you know there, there are things that i was wondering even how did he do this like yes. uh, especially when he's doing the um the, when he's sitting in a cinema showing yes. how it looks like it's like a blend view that he does like it's very nicely done and i really wonder how he did that i, I think it's with like some kind of photo editing because i, I think it's a still image that he uses from himself um but he breaks it down very, very well in different kind of parts. Uh, and, and actually, I was, I, I mean, I'm a geek. Everyone knows that by now. I was very interested in the, the second part. How is he going to, like, get all this data together right. and then, like, scroll through it? And I, I kind of wish that he would have delved a little bit more into that. But that's, again, that's the geek in me talking, that it would probably be not be the interesting part of the video for anyone except for people like me. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's that. Well, when I spoke to him, he, he said he might uh, be interested in coming on the show in the future. So maybe we can That'd ask him. So if you're oh, interested yeah. in seeing Lucas uh, joining us live, then let us know in the chat. But like I said, we've put a link to the video in the description down below. I thought it was well worth mentioning on the show because it should be highlighted. And it's a really entertaining and interesting watch and shows a use case of VR that we've probably not even considered in, in, you know before. So uh, it's really fascinating in that sense. So hats off to Lucas. And uh, he's building this, this new channel, Lucas Builds the Future, where he's going to do more um, videos like this in the future. So you can go and support him and, and check out his channel. Where was he from originally? Because he said he was relatively new and I saw he only had like 10K subscribers and I'm like, hang on a second, this guy's video skill is way past <laughs> that. Like people would do that on one video. So do you know his background? Is he from Instagram or somewhere else? Where is he from? Uh, he's a VR dev, you know, VR dev, um, just very passionate. He had like obviously a year to make this video. So, you know, a lot of effort and time went into researching stuff, I guess, to produce the video. He has got some other videos on his channel, but mainly sort of dev focused stuff, giving advice to other devs, which is super interesting as well. Like how to get your I also, I also think he's kind of like the guy that like, it's like a bit of a like 
he, he knows a bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. It, it feels to me like that. Like, you know, when he's tinkering with the electronics, mm. you see the video editing, the VR development, uh, the camera work, you know, all of these kind of things that they, it really feels like he's someone who is a little bit home in all of these kind of different kind of technology fields just because he has a broad interest. So I think it comes from there. Like yeah. He doesn't have a specific background in video editing, maybe, but just because it's the general interest of him, he developed that skill over the years. Yeah, yeah. He just did it. That's mad. No, but he actually says in his description that he says this only happened after the lockdown, that he, he was only going to do that for himself. And so he just put this video together after. So it's only been a couple of months that he's worked on it, mm. actually. He recorded all that information and then he's like, oh, I'll put something together. A amazing project, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's go check that out and maybe uh, we'll have Lucas on as a guest in a future episode. Um, so next up, uh, we've got some news about No Man's Sky as they have a brand new update called Desolation. Are any of you guys still playing No Man's Sky in VR? I want to. I, I still want to. I want to go <laughs> back into that game because so it good. just looks so gorgeous and the potential of that is just so big. Like, I, I love that kind of game. They keep adding ridiculous stuff. Like, I it's know. just, it's the game that I want to, I just want to like, I'm currently like waiting because I played a bunch and then I was like, hang on a second. They keep adding stuff. I'll come back when it, when they're done adding because I hate missing features and I just can't subscribe myself to a year just to play that game. But that's what it warrants. It warrants you to just like set, set aside 2021 and that's it. I'm going to be a No Man's Sky guy. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, just like you guys, I really like the game but found it quite overwhelming. Uh, because there's just so much to do. And although I appreciate the value in a game that's kind of highly replayable and that will keep coming, you know, players coming back for more time and time again, which we definitely need more of in VR, I just don't have the time to enjoy something like that myself. So, <laughs> so yeah. time-consuming, right? Yeah. 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 So I guess, I guess ultimately I'm just jealous of people that get to enjoy this game over and over again, to be honest. I think that's really what it boils down to. But let's yeah. talk about the update anyway, because... Hello Games uh, dropped the new update um, called Desolation. It's totally free, by the way, which all their updates have been so far. Uh, it came out two days ago, and it adds more features to this already incredible game. So the main crux of this update adds derelict freighters that oh. are kind of floating in space that you can find, uh, land on, and then explore solo or with friends. Now, this is where things get interesting. The... Inside of each freighter is procedurally generated, and each freighter has a procedurally generated story behind it as well. And they've been long abandoned, obviously, by their crew, so they're kind of empty and very creepy and dark. Um, and they can kind of be overrun by these sinister alien creatures, and I know alien, uh, Zim's going to enjoy, uh, you know, exploring that. Um, or they could have, like, AI that's gone haywire and completely out of control. So you're going to have, you know, a bit of a fight on your hands, um, but you'll be greatly rewarded for your time with some valuable loot. So this is really, really cool. And from the trailer, certainly, it looks like this is the closest thing we're ever going to get to a dead space in virtual reality anytime soon. What do you guys think of the way it looks? Amazing. I, I, like, aside from the, I mean, they, they've, from what they've said, from what they've described, more than what's in the trailer, because I think that they're holding stuff back so they don't spoil. Uh, I get that feeling because they use the same, like, little critters. They use the same bots that they show in the trailer uh, a couple of times. I think that there's some nasty stuff in there. And the procedural engine generation for the stories in each of these, like, abandoned ships, it's just like, it's very simple. You know, I'd love to do that. I mean, it's just like, from other sons, uh, I I am so glad they they patched in Vox Machina as the as the mech update. Now they've patched in from other sons. Like they just keep adding games to their game. Uh, Hello Games is doing a fantastic job at keeping it interesting. 
Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, all this content is available to play in virtual reality, of course, on both PC and PSVR. Um, and along with the freighters, uh, Hello Games have also added some nice graphical updates, uh, including improved bloom and lens flare effects uh, and much, much more. And like you say, you know, they're so dedicated uh, to this game, you know, and they have been for so long now. And it's amazing that these <laughs> updates are still coming out it's and they're crazy. free. You know, the virtual reality update in itself was an incredible feat. Uh, not many developers have shoehorned VR into a, you know, a mm. traditional uh, pancake I, game I, I and pulled it off. I don't think a single one has done it that well. No. Like, I, I mean, so. like you have other, other, other big games like one. Subnautica and stuff like that have been, uh, and, and Skyrim have been brought into VR. Yep. But the way that No Man's Sky has done it, it's... Really as a well free done. update, yeah. Because yeah. Skyrim the, obviously repackaged itself as a VR game. You the know? only yeah. competitor that I see that No Man's Sky has is Rec Room because they have as well the ability to play easily with family members like 2D, VR, and have given a whole bunch of different game modes and a designer. So it's the only thing that I know in VR that kind of, it's not toe-to-toe, but it's a similar kind of behemoth in its own right. Well, it, it seems like Elite Dangerous is the only one that competes with this game in the in the genre of uh, flight sims because yeah. there are still people who say like, yeah, no, that's what I would play, and other people say no, it's No Man's Sky. Even that No Man's Sky has, of course, more more to it. Um, but yeah. it's it's yeah, it's insane because I mean, Hello Games for a couple of years, of course, had like this certain name to it, but then they went beyond sorry, and they're still updating stuff. So that shows that it's not just oh, uh, we're sorry, let's just fix everything and now we're back on where we were but they really go beyond that and show that they're they want to stay in the industry not just to make money but to also make something mm. good do, yeah. do you guys uh play no man's sky Olga, Shane? yeah yeah i do i'm fairly new to it same story i never really have the time but uh you know about four or six weeks ago i really started getting into it and um yeah, ever since the Beyond uh, update was announced, I was like, okay, this is great. I've seen so many amazing photographs of the procedurally generated stuff in this. And it's the unfathomable scale, you know? It's like you say, Nathie, compared to Elite Dangerous. You know, it's just, it's so massive. And I get chills, you know? I'm a huge Trekkie. So I love the idea of just being able to fly through space, uh, you know? And that's, that's just amazing. But... Um, no Man's Sky is just something different, you know, it just co- constantly keeps catching me off guard. I'm at some other random planet, some other type of animal I've never seen before making a sound that I didn't even know could be made. And uh, yeah, I mean, and it's it goes to show, and I think it needs to be said and, and reiterated, um, those guys they didn't have a great start. They've had their ups and downs with it, and they could have abandoned it, uh, but they just continue to push forward. And I think that's what... That's what ultimately is going to drive a much uh, more committed user base, you know, because yeah. people just want to see that this is something that's going to be around for a while and that they can they can invest time yeah. in it and not and not uh, waste that time. So No Man's Sky has changed my mind. It's made me think I need to make time for this kind of stuff somehow, if, yeah. even if, if sure. I can't, you know, but um, yeah. I absolutely love it. Absolutely I not. totally agree, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to take two weeks off. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm just going to play No Man's Sky for two weeks. Just leave me alone. That's, that's, that's what we all need to do, right? Um, another recommendation with No Man's Sky is that um, if you're planning to check it out in VR, you should also check out the protests from our friends at ProTube uh, because they made an affordable solution to add like a VR flight stick to the game because it doesn't support HOTAS. Um, and you can basically put it on a like a base with a, a magnet and then just pull it off when you jump out of your ship to explore these freighters yeah. or planets. On foot. So you can so, use your um, own controller, right? To make your exactly. own... Exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly, yeah, but it functions like a flight stick. So when you're actually in the cockpit, it feels super, super nice. Yeah. So it's actually uh, awesome. Going, Giant rubbery dongle that you smack a controller into and then yeah. bend which way. Because that's the only part of the flight model that I think is a little bit uh, lacking compared Janky. to the other uh, flight sims is when you're in space, it feels a little bit arcadey. But that mm -hmm. flight, uh, the, 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 pro the protest is really protest. quite a, an interesting thing. And actually, if you're a real No Man's Sky veteran, you probably want to. <laughs> yes. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, absolutely. So that is uh, Desolation, a free update to No Man's Sky available right now. So go and check that one out if you're uh, into No Man's Sky. So while we've uh, still got our heads in the clouds, let's talk about Microsoft's Flight Simulator. We're sort of, you know, all, like flight, you know, in the clouds, sky, you like that? Yeah, um, great, Mike, great. <laughs> This week, uh, Microsoft... You ruined it now, Mike. Sorry. Uh, so this week, Microsoft announced the release date for their, quite frankly, gorgeous uh, looking flight simulator, which will be releasing on the 18th of August. So literally a month to this very day. Now, this is a full refresh of the Microsoft Flight Simulator series uh, since the last game's release, which was over 13 years ago. Um, and throughout the game's development, the VR flight simulator community have been loud and clear about wanting VR support, and we have too. And although uh, Microsoft, they've confirmed that VR is a highly requested feature and uh, at the top of their priority list, they've said that VR won't be supported at launch and haven't given any indication if and when it might be supported in the future. Oh. Now, um, are you guys interested in this? Like, I know, you know, No Man's Sky is a bit different because it's a bit sci-fi spacey, but what about traditional straight up? Sims. I think I, I think this this kind of game needs to be in VR. I mean, that Microsoft is not. It, it again shows that they have no understanding of like how the industry is evolving. I think, and uh, a game like this not being in VR in this day and age is it's just plain weird, especially considering like the you know the the kind of people that they have working there and the engineers and the teams. I'm not saying it's 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 not going to be like a an endeavor to bring virtual reality to this game, but. You're not going to tell me that VR, that Microsoft does not have the resources to, to, to bring that to a virtual reality platform. And I think that would make so many virtual reality gamers very, very happy. It would sell a lot more comp uh, copies. And I just I just don't get that. So, I don't get why, they, why they don't bring this that This is weird to, to have this discussion in the first place. I, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I mean, Microsoft, I mean, there's a few others out there, but they really haven't. They've had a few opportunities and they really haven't done anything. And you know, you you count more than uh, one hand's worth of fingers of things like you know, from Minecraft to you know, the Hololens has now gone pretty much uh, enterprise. And you know, they've got that social VR platform which they've done nothing with as well. Uh, even though you've got Alex Kitman, you know, he invented the uh, the Connect and the Hololens. You know, he should be he should be really pushing that stuff. And then not so on Xbox. You know, it's it's crazy. And and they and they bought of course Alt Space as well. Yeah, that's the one I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they 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 just update like they recently did an update with avatars. I'm like, what's your vision on the whole? Like, what is this? What are you doing? What's the roadmap? Yeah, like you buy you buy you buy yeah. this and then it's like okay, we bought it from Dom. Um, no, but I I totally agree. I don't think this should be even you know a question. Uh, and and. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Phil Spencer as well, like talking about you know the whole flight simulator thing. I'm like heck are you doing like it's it's usually the big companies that you know don't really understand sometimes how things work mm. Yeah. Mm. and that's the, the thing the, like the I'm, thing that go on go on Riley. yeah the, the thing that bothers me with with these kind of games they have a very large community behind them that are really invested in 
getting as immersed as possible. You know, they have those flight chairs, they have that the, the ultra wide monitor setup, because that, that's probably all supported in this game. But then the one kind of device that really pushes immersion, that is not there. And I, for me, that's just, I don't get that. I just simply don't. Yeah. Absolutely. And a game like this could drive VR adoption, you know, because it would be like, okay, I need a VR headset to experience this in the best way possible. And the thing is, like, I'm not even into flight simulators, but when you look at these trailers, you know, the attention to detail in this game, and I just love the idea of, you know, on on a relaxing Sunday afternoon, taking a flight to like Tuscany in a a Cessna and and taking in all the the sights on, on the way and flying over my house and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that 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 really interests me even oh, yeah. though i'm not necessarily i didn't i didn't know you had a house in tuscany my other house no 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 i don't um... but, uh, like like with like with a lot of genres um vr can be ignored still mm. because it, you know it's a niche but with flight simulators and also space sims it's a different story then you're going beyond niche and it should already be there. It should be be a feature. Uh, yeah. It's it's weird to not do it because then the, you like the the value of a game goes down, you know, downhill. So I have a theory. Yeah, yeah I have a theory why uh, it might be a bit Whoa. difficult for them. Conspiracy. Um, Phil Spencer is uh, working for. Uh... <laughs> Don't get your tinfoil hats oh, out. Okay, you know, okay. This is just this is just my best guess. Um, I think the problem is that. Um, the game has only been announced as coming to the Xbox store on PC and the Xbox One console. Um, and obviously the Xbox store on PC does have uh, VR tiles. But as far as I'm aware, um, the Xbox store on PC only supports Windows Mixed Reality headsets. Uh, you can't access that content using a Rift or a Quest or a, an Index. Um, and obviously the Xbox doesn't support VR at all. So that oh. would mean that the game would have to come to Steam for Steam VR support or Microsoft would have to start supporting other headsets on their own platform. Mm. And both of these or, options are or, gonna take a bit of time. Or you have very smart people, like I'm just gonna say random names, like the people from SideQuest that find a way <laughs> to get it working on other headsets as well. Or possibly, <laughs> you know, like um, the Revive community potentially could find a workaround, I guess. So, um, so they go for a Windows exclusive, that's what you're saying. That would totally suck, and I don't think that would be smart move to have a, like a Windows mixed reality exclusive title as the you know uh, the the flight simulator. I don't think is, that would be a smart the, move. Is the, is the other because the game is quite old, but is it on Steam? Uh, the original game or the old game yeah, is the, the, like the original game, or is it only yeah. on CD or something? But this new one isn't going to be on Steam, or it hasn't been announced as going to Steam just yet. So maybe that's the plan for the future, so, and that's how they'll integrate VR. But we yeah, just don't okay. know. Hmm. Yeah. So, so the focus for now is console. On, on uh, uh, whoever PC, is going to buy, console. yeah, yeah. But they're like but focusing even, on. Even if, it, even if it's uh, if it, if it's Windows Mixed Reality, I think that mm. they could they could just say like you know it's officially supported Windows Windows Mixed Reality. But I'm pretty sure that the community no. at like day two has figured out a way to get this running on other headsets but as well. Y- it's really interesting though, because like I mean, you get right. You mentioned about the tinkerers and that. Like there was a guy early on when I figured to get out a Vive and a DK2 working off the same PC. And this guy showed me, like he was from Edinburgh Airport and he used to be one of the engineers who actually did demo rooms for pilots. Um, and they actually had the full flight deck and everything up and down, you know, like the double deck um, and was looking at VR simulators that way. So even if they don't uh, ship it with, sure, surely those people are going to try with injectors to get it going. Because yeah. as you say, the, VR is just like a must have 
for a cockpit simulation. Like you, yeah. you can't do this, that on three yeah, monitors, this, this, four this monitors. Company, this company is missing some leadership in in the innovation part of of you yeah. know where VR is. And I'm sure there are some developers who are working on it right now who do know. But it's it's the the you know the the top of, of the of the team you know the director or whatever it is who decides. Um, yeah. And if someone could at least point them out, like okay, this is why you're gonna make more money. This is uh, how you know you're gonna raise the sales. I'm sure it's gonna be in there, no brainer. But yeah, it's but it's a good point what Mike Mike makes because if they indeed make VR support for this game, um, and it's it works on PC, let's let's not even talk about the exclusivity. It it did it, do, it will drive sales away from the Xbox because people because you just can't play VR on the Xbox as of now and also not on Good the point. new one as far as I know. So maybe they have the they don't want to make this game VR because it kind of shows like oh yeah we're not invested in no. VR on our console gaming part. No, I, but we do support it on PC. I don't, it's a little bit of mixed message. No, there. but I I think that this company hasn't even figured out yet uh, how, what impact VR can make because otherwise you would have already seen it. Mm. I mean, but, um, it is Microsoft. You know, they, yeah. they don't have a great track record. They tend to take age-old things and, and mess them up. You know, we've seen that <laughs> quite a few times. Yeah. They're so, doing yeah. they're doing better with the AR thing, funny enough, than the VR thing. It's That's true. yeah, yeah, and well, yeah. I mean, they have been in the space for a long time with that technology. They've been developing that for quite a while, and when you compare yeah. that to how quickly. That's yeah, I mean, how quickly Facebook has managed to pull things off. Yeah. It's um, just, dude, like, it's freaking Windows. It's like, it's yeah. on Windows. like <laughs> what are we waiting for? I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. Mixed messages is definitely kind of how you feel. And, mm. and it's irresponsible of them to not sort of get on board and embrace because they've got this ecosystem. You know, they, mm -hmm. they've got, you know, more than five or six different manufacturers making headsets, uh, new ones coming out as well, and they're yep. really not investing and getting behind it. And you really have to. And it's especially because, they, like you said before, they have that technology. You know how old is how old is Connect? Yeah. You know, like you, you could easily use that technology to integrate it in some way or format to make a virtual reality headset. It won't be the best virtual reality headset, but at the same time, how old is the PlayStation VR headset now? Oh, it's ancient now. Yeah, but yeah. it's 16, yeah. right? So that's but like even that years. they are so late to the party, there's still time to catch up. It's it it, it does hurt a little bit, but overall, if if it like how many tech yeah. giants jumped into VR so far? But the, you like, know, so the thing about this title that, that is an angle we haven't talked about yet. Like if if you do something in VR, point to point, you could actually learn the route San Francisco to Fresno in a plane. Yeah. You could yeah. actually learn the controls. Like, similar to America's Army, there was a program uh, and couple iterations of it where yeah, the U.S. Yeah. government said, we're going to back games because it gets into young people's eyes and they learn what the military's like and the kind of trials you have to go through. And that gets them one step closer to signing up for the military. Okay, so that this purpose is there. But, like, wouldn't it be neat if you could learn and educate yourself on, in a proper flight school, using... You know, Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's the mm -hmm. thing for me. And in, in VR, you can actually get that knowledge, get the physical memory of where the buttons are. It, mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just a simulator. It's just a, it's just a video game, and unless you're in VR. And this is the reason why they should hire some more people, like maybe you, to explain them what, what's up. And then it will happen. <laughs> but right now, I feel like there's no one in this company working there who has this vision and can explain mm -hmm. clearly why... Yes, VR is still, you know, has a lot to prove, but this is your moment to at least give VR support to this one game. 
So you tell them, Nathy. Tell them, tell them. Sure. So to give you an example of how they're kind of living in the Stone Age a little bit is because they're releasing a physical edition of this game, and get this right, it's going to come on ten DVDs containing, oh, sh- <laughs> containing okay. 90, 90 gigabytes of game data, which uh, it, you know includes the world and the aircraft delivered by Microsoft. Nice. Um, and, and, just, and and one week after, you will have like a hundred gigabyte update well, patch or something like that. They're, they're, they're doing this physical uh, edition because they're saying you know if Crap. people have bad internet, then you don't have to how, download ninety gigabytes. But the problem is, you'll definitely want a decent internet connection to take full advantage of oh, this yeah. game because uh, fine details like time of day, weather conditions, and terrain will all come to life uh, from satellite imagery using Bing and oh. also Microsoft's cloud computing Azure technology. So what's really cool is that say, um, you know, you've parked your car outside your house and the satellite had to take, you know, happened to take an image at that time. You could fly over your house and see your own car <laughs> around your driveway uh, in real time. Can I fly into my amazing. house? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Just crash into yeah. there. That'd be <laughs> yeah, so, so cool. Well, there's no fly zone above my place. I just think that's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, you know, I want to see uh, that in VR, and of course everyone else does. Fingers crossed, Microsoft pull their finger out. Um, but the, the, the game will be coming out on the 18th of August, so only a month to wait now if you're interested in getting involved before the VR support. Uh, it's going to be starting at 59.99 in British pounds, which is quite expensive for a game, but obviously, you know, a game of this magnitude is probably worth it. But yeah. interestingly, it's also part of Xbox Game Pass, which is just £3.99 per month. Yeah, but so that's offer, offering yeah, but it, some really significant value there. Yeah, but who uses that? Well, no, no one in VR, that's for sure. Yeah. You, know, you know what I was wondering? I'm wondering which people don't have decent internet, still have a DVD drive, <laughs> and also have the computer that can still run this game. That's a good I, question. I really That's our correspondence to... <laughs> from Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some doomsday preppers, you know, people who purposely don't want the They're the only people who really benefit. Get on that. Screw the VR market. Those are the people that we need to get, you know? No, but I, I, think, I think it's so great to have these physical uh, copies, you know, because, uh, like, this, this is going to be a game that is extremely big you know this is going yeah. beyond for example gta so having yeah. let's say that many uh dvds to install it i think it's still handy but yeah as you're saying you, like where, you lose one of those DVDs, <laughs> that's yeah. true yeah if you lose movies. one of them yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you want the floppy disk edition you know that comes on like 2000 <laughs> floppy disks <laughs> or, or, or the laser disk I'm literally just imagining Asgard's Wrath, which is probably the biggest game I've installed in the last two years, coming on DVD and thinking, what's the math there? Like, it's what, two gig, four gig per DVD that you get on a double sided, maybe eight gig is the max? That's That's still like 40 discs you'd have to, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, so that is uh, Microsoft's Flight Simulator uh, coming out next month, but no VR support just yet. But fingers crossed we get VR support in the future because uh, in our opinion, it's a must need uh, sort of feature of the game for sure. Phil, Phil, if you're watching, we still love you. Come on the show and we tell you everything. Just a little bit less. Yeah. We'll love you more if you give us VR support. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the last bit of news this week is some fresh rumors about the next Oculus headset. Now, at this point, everyone seems to think the next Oculus headset will be a revision of the Quest. So it'll be like a a Quest S or a Quest Pro. And rumors also suggest that this new headset will be designed as like a true hybrid headset. So it'll be standalone like the Quest, but also offer a really great experience when connected to a PC to play PC VR content. Because of course, the Quest does that now with the link cable or, you know, using virtual desktop through SideQuest as well. Um, 
However, when I'm playing PC VR content, particularly on the Rift platform, you know, the Rift S is the go-to device that I go to. I don't say, oh, I'm going to put my Quest on. Um, whereas hopefully this new headset will be kind of like the one to rule them all and will be the go-to for both standalone and PC VR content. Mm. Um, so we had an article from a Japanese news outlet called uh, Nikkei, uh, which was shared by Upload VR this week, suggesting that this new headset will be entering mass production by the end of this month with up to 2 million units being produced. So, of course, this is all rumor and speculation, but it's kind of interesting that it's entering production so soon. And I'm wondering, do you think this is uh, gearing up for a release at the end of this year, or do you think it's going to follow the sort of tradition of previous announcements and releases from Oculus, where they announce it at Oculus Connect and then release it like the following, uh, you know, May, April time? They could just be tooling at this stage, I, Mike. I mean, it, usually there's a five-month run, like if you're talking about production on this type of equipment. So I would think a Q1 target would be sensible for... The, the, the thing with me is, like, I, I still don't think we need at this, although I would love a new Quest. Uh, I, don't, I think the popularity of the current Quest is still so big that it will probably sell massive on, uh, on Christmas. Uh, that I don't think it really needs a new iteration at that point already. Although I would welcome it, you know, like new mm. technology and new equipment is always welcome. But at the same time, I think that the Quest could easily survive for, you know, another good six months uh, uh, after Christmas. Well, I, I think the reason why this is happening now is because the pandemic has opened a time window for them to do this now. And uh, like, as like I think they're going to announce it first because... We all know that right now the pandemic is, well, in some countries under control, at least here. Um, but it's almost winter and there is a chance there will be a second wave. So I think, of course, at Facebook, they also don't really know what is going to happen. So they're going to try, of course, to produce them. But by just kind of uh, pushing it to maybe at the end of like next year, like really far, um, they might have a chance to actually then also deliver. That's what I think. Um, but like Upload got this from a Japanese website. I've never heard of this Japanese website before. Plus, why is a Japanese website the one that has a source on it and not a Chinese one? Because usually the headsets come out of, a, out of yep. China. Um, I did check with some of my friends in China who are usually seeing new headsets roll out of like the factories like hey uh, so here's the G2 uh, we don't know what it is yet but hey here it is but with I haven't heard anything about a, a Quest uh, 2 but yeah it's definitely gonna happen um, mm. to, to update it now because as I said they have a time window like they can't make anything so what what do you do update it I think the uh, some of the rumor that I heard around some of the issues about manufacturing the Quest. Obviously, it was out of stock, you know, for you know seven months. You know, it's only yeah. just back in stock now. So if, you, yeah. if you want a Quest, you can get one now, which is great. But I think uh, I heard the material was a problem, the material surround, and um, they they sort of by updating the Quest, they also took that material off and have streamlined the manufacturing process that make them easier to to produce yeah. um, in a in a higher quant quantity. So I I heard that was kind of part of the rumor of it. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I really don't know at this point whether it'll be like a, a an Oculus Connect 7 announcement, then maybe a few weeks afterwards you can buy the headset up to Christmas. Like that would be a, an ideal yeah. opportunity for them. But yeah. I think, you know, it's yeah. quite a difficult but, feat to pull yeah, off at this I point. Mean, as you say, you like if you don't have the resources, you can't make anything and you can't mm. deliver. And you do need to get to a certain degree of how many batches you have of headsets because then you get the Pimax story. Because Pimax also had this issue with resources where you saw the headsets change from different parts of like plastic because they had to go to different parts of China to to get like a new so the pandemic is definitely a reason for them to be very careful with announcing anything by giving a date you know mm. i think they're going to be like it's, they're going to call it a season where it might come out but like spring even, oh yeah, god that was oh god, the longest way ever no 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 but but, that, but May even or something Jeez. but even next year could be a risky move because mm. no one knows when, when like the whole pandemic thing is gonna take but, a while, you know? It's not gonna be the thing, gone. The, the thing is, uh, if they release a headset, you know, this year or early next year, I think it's gonna be like, rather like a replacement, like mm. a, a slightly lighter version, yeah, exactly. uh, or a, a little bit more distributed weight or something like that, rather than a new, technology in the headset itself but it's yeah certain, I think. And, and that's certainly the 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 rumor right now they're yeah. going to make it more comfortable it's going to be lighter it's going to offer a higher refresh rate and also redesign controllers which are rumored to be backwards compatible with the original quest like that's the kind of rumor mill right now but it's certainly clear that oculus right now they're holding back you know particularly with the triple a game releases yeah. like medal of honor lone echo 2 um horizon even you know and it seems like they're waiting for their moment to release mm. new hardware then release yeah. all these games at the same time and that's the perfect opportunity yeah. to do it they they need those games to kind of launch and and like lone echo like this has been going on forever uh that must be the reason why yeah you know it was same with defector defector was for the rift cv1 but then came out for the uh for the rift s so yeah, yeah definitely um uh, it's just that i'm uh, i'm curious if they're gonna do anything with let's say the cable um you know um for, for the, maybe no, 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 but Oculus Link where the they kind of make it more yeah. like uh, uh, with the box because uh, for me it always felt like Oculus Link is more something that came came later that they came mm. up with. Well, um, I'm hoping that with this new iteration, they um, they just have it I more as a standard. change the location of the cable. Like don't put it well, on the side anymore, but like the back. Yeah, but it's actually everybody has been, the reason the back doesn't work well is if you've got a high back chair. You'll sit back against the cable and be mm. pulling it. Yeah, That's why that, I think it's like Index, Rift S, they've all done that side. Yeah, uh, but if, if, you're, if you're getting into that territory, then you can better make a new headset. Uh, but I think Rowdy's idea is really, really spot on. And I didn't think about this before, which is why not take the production cycle for the current quest, uh, refactor it, make it simple to produce and produce a new quest same price and it just replaces you can't buy the old one anymore you can only just buy the new quest um and they're going to produce like oodles of it because right now is there time it's like get these boxes off the shelf sell because people Mm -hmm. are Wanting well, that's, this at home. that's probably what they are going to do. And they also don't have many options because, again, resources is a problem. So usually in a non-pandemic uh, uh, time, you could just produce the old one still and then slowly go to the next one. But here you have to kind of, you know, cut at a certain point and be like, OK, we only have this amount of resources. Let's just start making the new one. So I think yeah. it will be like rare to still buy 
just the quest we we know so far. I think as well, it's important to sort of stress that if you've just bought a quest because they have just come back in stock that you know your headset isn't going to be obsolete overnight you know it, it's going to have access to the same store no, it's just going to be like the rift s in my mind obviously we don't know this for sure but in my mind the way i see it is it's going to access the same store as the rift yeah. is uh did um so you you know you're still going to be accessing the same content you're not going to be locked out of any content so i wouldn't uh -huh. worry if you've invested in a quest right now Still, that would suck though that would that would, it would suck, suck immensely of course. if if if, for example, you, you get a quest by uh, by Christmas and then January the 5th, they, they announce like, quest 2 is coming. I'd be like returning but, my quest I mean, at that, that same instance. Yeah, but I mean, this happened before. Like when I bought my Vive, a couple of months later, they had a Vive with a better cable. They had like the, mm. you know, first you had like the three. But, that, but that's a different company. I ho really hope that yeah, but still, like Oculus don't go that route and that they are no. very clear about their announcement and say, you know, Six months from now, we are releasing this, yeah, but and not just like oh, and it's available now. No, but it's I pretty, it's stuff. pretty normal that they make iterations. Same with the PlayStation VR. You have the first generation. The second mm -hmm. one doesn't have that remote thing on the back anymore. So it's it's no, pretty normal to have like a new. That. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. But uh, <laughs> like that's that's like early adopter stuff. You buy yeah. it now, but some people have been waiting for ages now and still haven't played VR. So it's yeah, it's totally what but, you want to do. But ultimately, from my point of view, I think it's just going to be you know you're going to access the same content it's just that the new quest is going to be like slightly yeah. refined more comfortable yeah. better yeah. audio maybe maybe slightly faster refresh rate when connected to a pc but yeah. would you prefer kind of like, like would you prefer them to, to to not be evolving faster and instead to kind of stick to what they've got like I, do any of us feel like bad when there's if there was a new headset a year from oculus would you welcome that or would you say no way jose every two I would years welcome i'd be that, happy but i would uh, no, I would welcome it every year. I just wouldn't buy it every year. Exactly. Because I know there'd be one next year as well. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like, like phones, iPhones. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like phones. Please, Oculus, make a headset a year. I'm totally fine with that. Get on a cycle. So I know, you know, um, when to accrue my money and then when to buy it. And, and then every year, you know, we just plug well, the old one, get the new one. Like, like uh, from a consumer perspective, it sucks. But from, let's say, my, you know, my job perspective, I'm like, yeah, sure. Give me a new yeah. headset every year because content. <laughs> but <laughs> but consumer-wise, yeah, no, of course not. Like, you, you, like, because headsets are still super expensive. Yeah, uh, they are. They uh, are. But, like, so, you know, for, for, for tech heads like us, and, you know, we're all early adopters yeah. in that sense, so we, we would love something like that. But I think the general public <laughs> no, don't no, see it that way. They just well, want to invest well, in something they know that's going to be around. Eventually... We're missing a huge segment here. Developers, right? When you change specs on the console, right? The, the what's in the box and how much grunt and power yeah, also, can do? Yeah, you're, you're you're screwing over well, anyone who's had an older headset, you I know, by Guy maybe making that incompatible. Touched Guy on this. Did we did we talk about this with Guy? I think we did. Yeah, but he bit. basically mentioned that say if like it was like 90 hertz native, it would be very very difficult because developers would have to have two versions of their app, one exactly. for the old Quest, one for the yep. new one, and he thinks that's very unlikely. And I think he's probably on the money with that. And I think the higher refresh rate. Uh, so rumor is probably when you connect it to a PC, um, you know, that's when it's going to be unlocked, but it'll probably still be 72 hertz uh, natively. The thing is as well with like, you know, the technology is still so much in its infancy yeah. that you can release a headset now every year even and still be innovative and introduce new kind of technologies. The problem with if it becomes more of like a gaming device and more something that is already kind of defined that it's going to be much harder to release a headset every year that offers something new. 
I think. So well, yeah. in the beginning, in its infancy, again, like it's it makes sense to have like headsets coming out. Like we've seen in the past, like how many headsets we, we've we've yeah, we've but seen from different kind games, of companies. It's games. It's games. We need I, more I, than I, hardware right now. Like, 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 what, you're, like what you're describing sounds like a dream, but in the end, we all know that Facebook wants to go that kind of Apple way. And if there is one thing that I do know is that when there is a new phone coming out every year, I do want it, even if it doesn't have any real <laughs> new features. But I still want it because it's a social thing as well. Because if my friends have it, then I want it. But, but that, that's a problem that is only reserved for iPhone or something. Oh, no, but that will, that, that will, like, if they create that, you know, atmosphere, then you can sell a new headset every year because yeah. then you want to be a part of the, you know, the group but of geeks. Of course. Right now, we should remember that this is all just speculation and rumor. Like, you know, we don't know for definite what's going to happen. Oh, it's like the, the rumor source, is, man, come on. Like, yeah, the rumor <laughs> upload is that also needs some content to write, you know, <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, still uh, fun, I, I have some official news uh, that uh, 5G is going to land and that all the mobile operators are going to pick up on the headset. I'm lying, of course. None of this is official. <laughs> <laughs> but, I was know. listening for a moment there. I was like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Whoa. This is interesting now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's you know, still, that would be ideal. Right, you know, because yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's what really helped to boost. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're it here first. Yeah, yeah. If it does <laughs> happen, you're it here first. <laughs> <But it's> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. If it, like fake or not, it's still a fun discussion to have for yeah, sure. Um, yeah. But like, I I could you know start this conversation every week, and we would have something new to add to it. Well, so. channels do, and they thrive yeah. on that. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah so, right. um, but yeah, like you know, it, like I said, it's all speculation rumor right now. Of course, you know we'll know the facts when Oculus Connect rolls around the corner, which is only probably a couple of months away now. So yeah. you don't have that long to wait if you're really uh, desperate for the official official news. <laughs> Uh, but that is just some rumors about the next Oculus Quest or Oculus headset anyway. Um, but now that's all the news done. Now let's uh, sort of talk to our special guests about, uh, of course, SideQuest. You know, this is Shane and Orla Harris, creators of SideQuest. And, and I think most of our viewers and listeners will know what SideQuest is. But to sort of briefly recap, uh, it's a platform which gives Oculus Quest owners uh, the option to easily sideload third-party apps and content that isn't available on the official Oculus store. So you've got games like Crisis Brigade, Pavlov, which uh, Rowdy mentioned earlier, and Hyperdash, which is one of my personal favorites, uh, are some great examples of amazing VR experiences that can only be available uh, through SideQuest right now. Um, so maybe, Shane, Orla, you could start with uh, the beginning. Like, how did, how did you first get into VR before SideQuest was even like a concept in your, in your mind? Ooh, you know what? I actually really enjoy listening to Orla tell this story. So I'll let her, I'll let her go ahead. I, I feel like I've listened to enough of my, the sound of my own voice. But, uh, sure. I'll, I'll let her go ahead and tell you the origin story. Um, yeah, basically Shane was working in a different company and they were experimenting with a lot of hardware. And uh, he came home one day and he said, I'm going to buy some uh, VR equipment. Um, and it kind of just... Spiraled. Escalated from there. Um, I, you know, done some damage to our bank account. I think for about a year. I think like every <laughs> single headset that could possibly exist. Um, there's a whole attic full of them. Um, so for me, like, for me, I, I got into it by proxy. Um, Shane was having a bit of a hard time convincing me. <laughs> um, but then he put Google Earth in. I think it was the the Vive at the time. We had the, with right. the Vive in one room, and we had the the Rift in another. And um, he put in the Vive and 
four hours later he came back and I was like crawling about on the bedroom floor. <laughs> I was like, I think I went everywhere you could possibly go. Um, so yeah, that for me was like the, the aha moment. And I really felt like there was a future in it. But for me, like that was like, that was the moment for me personally. And then yeah. I guess just from there, like with Shane, um, it just kept getting better and better. And then he obviously started building his own um, social platform, um, right. which you guys may know of. Um, it's now called SideQuest Legends, a uh, different name back in the day, but uh, that's what we pitched to Oculus. And um, it was rejected for the Quest store. And Best thing that ever happened. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and essentially, you know, off the back of that, Shane being the genius that he is, um, he found a workaround just by way of us trying to share our game and just trying to get feedback. Um, and that, again, just escalated and lots of other developers got involved and the community started to build around these games. And, you know, fast forward six months, there was like 200,000 monthly active users on SideQuest. And... Um, Mind's blown. Like we were blown away by that. Um and uh yeah, we've both been full time now with this for got easily about eight or nine months now and um wow. things are good, things are getting stronger and stronger. That's an Amazing. awesome what, story. What a, re what a rejection can do, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah keep rejecting us like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean so, yeah, let, let's be honest. I'd say they probably regret that decision and if they could take that back and we didn't exist. That would probably make a lot more sense for them, but you know, I, I think I think it's amazing, you know. And I love hearing stories like Rowdy's, you know, where people say that they got it going quickly because there's a lot of steps in the process that are outside of our control. There's a lot mm -hmm. of risk there, undue risk, and um, yeah, it makes me really excited about the recent announcement from Facebook, you know, that they're mm -hmm. going to make things easier because yeah. that's that's going to be great for pretty much everybody in the industry and the industry itself. So. Yeah, yeah we're, we're really excited that they've managed to finally see the value in what we're doing. And, and we hope that a lot of the things that uh, they're going to open up to more developers, mm -hmm. these are the kind of things I've been lobbying with them, you know, since the early days of SideQuest to try to get them involved and get them integrating with us so that we could, uh, you know, spread the wealth and, and everybody could get a, a bit of a benefit of it. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's um, it's it took a while to sort of, uh, you know, um, get get talking to to oculus get talking to facebook and and initially for them to take us seriously which is which is understandable but um now we have this great relationship with them you know and uh you know we we, we talk to them uh we give them a heads up of what we're planning they give us a heads up of what they're planning you know so that uh, there's no surprises and that uh, um you know obviously there's a hiccup every now and again you can never really get away from that um, but it's great. It's really great. I'm I'm delighted with how they've embraced uh, what we're doing and, and the benefits. That's good to hear, actually, because uh, we. I, I mean, I didn't expect that. Uh, I know I'm not the only one uh, that uh, that there was a good relationship between Oculus and and uh, and SideQuest. But uh, I, I think it's great to hear that. And also, I think you hit the nail on the hat with saying uh, like how easy it is. Because now I saw there's also a beta version of it being wireless uh, to be able to wireless connect uh, your Oculus Quest. Uh, I think. You know, you, the easier you make these kind of steps, the more people you will probably draw into, like especially especially if you have a, things like Pavlov and contractors, which have huge fan bases uh, that can also enjoy a game like that. 
on yeah. the, on the quest. So so your relationship got better when you started showing like okay these are you know the amount of users we have or was it already before that? Um, because of we, course we had an active dialogue with Oculus before OC six. You know we were talking to them about what was what was going on there and I was in I was in communication with Chris Pruitt. You know. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of people, including us, for that matter, were, were surprised by the volume of traffic that we had. Um, this is probably the largest scale thing I've ever done. So I don't know if I have a huge amount. You know, I've worked with startups for a number of years. So we've prototyped and built out a lot of product, but we've never really got it to the scale that SideQuest has, has been at. So I really would have expected that um, I would have been more run off my feet in terms of support of the five or six step, step process of connecting it to your PC and so forth. But, you know, when we hooked up Google Analytics uh, mid-November, uh, that's how long after, you know, we launched SideQuest two days after the Quest released. And um, I didn't uh, I didn't have Google Analytics in until until mid-November. And we just couldn't believe it. And, you know, we were on this uh, this run up to Christmas. Everything was just continuing to, to increase. And um, it was it was just reassuring uh, overall, really. You know, I think just to see that this device uh, was driving that much interest within a, a, a niche uh, that is the niche of standalone VR. You know, so mm. we were we were really excited, and um, I guess you know, Oculus they must have seen the same thing. You know, they must mm. see that the users who engage with SideQuest engage with the rest of the content on the platform, and yeah. and the and the sheer volume of them make, makes it so that you know, obviously, there's a segment there that we need to protect, and they need to have that yeah. ideal first time. And, and and maybe it's a great way for them also to like kind of like gauge interest of like, you know, if, if there's a particular interest from a lot of users in a particular game, it might be interesting for them to then contact that developer in order to see if something can be worked out for the Oculus Quest platform itself. That's, that's an interesting point, actually. Like, have you seen that uh, kind of transition? So like a game that's been popular on SideQuest, have you seen it transition to the official store like that way around? A few times. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Nice. And okay. vice versa, in fact. Right. So, we so games to... that were on the official store that then transitioned to SideQuest. Exactly, yeah. Right. <laughs> so like That's Virtual Desktop, things. for example, you know, is that, yeah. is yeah. that what you're talking about? Well, Virtual Desktop, there's, uh, there's also Ninja Legends. So they've got a demo on SideQuest released on the official okay. store. Um, you know, there's, there's some other people who are, who are thinking about possibly doing uh, the same. Uh, then we've got a few titles that are confirmed to the store but just haven't reached the release yet that are already on SideQuest, like Pavlov and, and Hyperdash. You know, some really amazing but, but titles. That's, that's actually a great point that you make. Is there like, um, because, uh, you know, you can't download a demo, I believe, on the Oculus Store, right? There's a couple there of like, demos. You know, Oh, there are? Okay, no, yeah. never mind. I thought that would be like it's, uh, a link between it's, that maybe. It's, it's insane to hear this. Like you, first of all, fill up like such a huge gap because I remember us talking on the podcast, we were super worried about developers getting denied and there was no place to go to. Then of course, SideQuest popped up. We weren't surprised because, you know, a new kind of like Oculus share would have happened at some point, um, but it becomes so big that you kind of uh, stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the actual official store and some of the developers who have an official game on there come your way. Well, first I was always like, okay, everything that doesn't you know, pop up on the Oculus store is just going to go to SideQuest and that's it. But it just shows that it's so popular now that mm -hmm. it's almost like we're talking about Steam and Epic Games. 
That's kind of what we're talking it's about. Almost, because it's, it's impossible to ignore it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. And and do you have like an idea in terms of metrics, like sort of numbers of, of Quest users that are using um, SideQuest right now? Uh, I don't think, yeah, we're, we're still sort of, um, you know, just over sort of 300,000, I think, monthly active users currently. Um, I think when, when, when lockdown started to end, we, we saw a slight dip, but, but things have actually uh, been increasing significantly lately too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think the biggest milestone uh, recently, apart from you know, the titles that released, they, they didn't tend to drive a lot of interest, but the biggest milestone recently was actually the Facebook announcement. Um, and you know, that could be in part of the fact that they also announced they were, they were uh, sunsetting the go you know, that could have just had an a, a inadvertent effect of driving a lot more people towards the quest rather than the go and, um, mm. and obviously indirectly uh, to side quest as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, things continue to increase and um, we haven't put much in the way of resources behind any of that. You know, we, we, we probably give it away about 10 quests over the last 12 months on our Discord server, but that's about as much as we've spent on marketing and promotion. Yeah, because... And, um, because like like those three hundred thousand people that come to your platform every month, how did they find SideQuest in the first place? Where are they coming from? Is it like mouth to mouth advertisement? Someone's like, "Hey, I, I just played some free games. It's amazing." And it's how how did those people you know end up there? Sure, it's quite incredible to watch it happen. I'm in about thirty different Facebook groups. And every single day, you know, I check, I, I do, I check everything religiously, but you know, you have people go in there and they're just playing games and people say, what's this? And now there's 20 people engaged in a conversation going, it's on SideQuest and, oh, I need to go get that. How do I get that? Where do I go? Can somebody help me? And it's just consistent, like every day. Um, and yeah, it's, it's word of mouth, you know, it really is. It, it just spirals. It's, it's crazy. It's such a great name for the, for the app as well. You know? <laughs> it it, it kind of combines like what, you, I mean, you hear from the name immediately what it's, what it's doing. I think it's a great choice for it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's so powerful. Like... It's so powerful that you don't like that. It's so useful and it's such a good platform that you don't even necessarily need to advertise it because it just works. Mm. It just goes with the flow. Yeah. But I imagine people like online, you know, like me, you know, other content creators out there making videos as well. Like, you know, when I made a Hyperdash video, like people were like, hey, what is this game? I've never seen it before. And then, like you say, oh, it's only available on SideQuest. And, you know, there's a guide here if you want to go check that out. It kind of drives a lot of people over, especially to the Hyperdash discords and like, you know, the SideQuest discords as well. So it's really interesting to see that that kind of word of mouth kind of spreads this word out and has grown such a huge community. Yeah. To the point where I think you recently was it one million downloads surpassed, mm -hmm. yes, um, which is an insane number. And I, I can imagine like when you first started this off, like you said, you had this kind of social application that you had built, which got rejected from the store, and you wanted to distribute it in some way. And that was called the Expanse, right back then. That's right. Yeah. Um, and like, is like, it still on SideQuest? Yeah, it is. It's called SideQuest Legends at the minute. Yeah, it, it um, hasn't had any love for a while. I, I hope to get back to it soon, but obviously. SideQuest, as, as it is right now, is a, is a going concern, so we need to put all the energy we can into it. Yeah, and I must, it must be quite um, amazing to see that kind of response from the community when you started it, and then all of a sudden, bang, you've got like a million downloads, all these active users. Like, how do you deal with that overnight, you know, building that kind of support network? Because like you say, it's just the two of you, right? Hang on for dear life, I think. Yeah. Is, uh, what, it, it, it's at this stage where we don't really, you know, the community is in the driving seat here. 
Right. Uh, and, and we're just privileged to be the ones who get to, um, you know, who get to have, have a bit of say here. But, you know, involving the community, you know, um, embracing uh, uh, the developers and embracing the streamers and, and trying to work with as much and trying to, because we all stand to benefit. You know, we all stand to benefit to some degree. You know, the developers, they want more exposure. Uh, the streamers want more content. So, you know, I think uh, what's what's great about what we do is, is how we uh, is how we leverage that kind of discovery, and and, and I mean that that that's kind of why you've got titles that are on the main store that are coming to SideQuest is because this, the, the the opportunity there for discovery. It's just a secondary channel. It's not the main store, but they have a huge amount of of, uh, uh, of opportunity there to be able to engage with their audience. And mm. you know, Hyperdash is a great example because mm. that was a really really popular title. Um, you know, and it's titles like that that really elevate SideQuest. Like most platforms, it's those few killer titles that really become the yeah. the ones that sort of um, that that really um, keep us afloat. Uh, but also at the same time, you know. A huge big release uh, for for uh, Hyperdash. You know their their daily active users went 10x after they released on SideQuest, and wow, to hear wow. something like that is great. You know to be able to help them. You know they were already well on the road to kickstarting their community. I won't say that we that we did that for them, but to be able to help them at this stage and be able to give them that extra boost uh, really feels like we're doing something good here and, mm. and we're helping with something we're passionate about. It's 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 interesting because like the lineup is so strong that. You know, as I said before, you can compete easily with with other platforms, and like the the games that were first denied by by Facebook by Oculus weren't there wasn't shuffleware we were talking about. It was like we had some proper developers, very well known in the scene for years, that got denied, and then you see you know Hyperdash for example pop up, and they have no other place to go. So you're ending up with titles that are real good, you know, real proper that could have ended up somewhere else. And yeah, that's like like an effect ball that just keeps rolling and rolling and goes faster. And mm -hmm. now sometimes you see like first I was like I saw Sidecoast like, yeah, well, you got some some indie titles that is like super new. But now someone's like, what, what, what this game? This game is on SideQuest? And it's like a famous name. So you're, you know, actually have so much leverage now that you can just have developers, they just come by themselves to, to your platform. I mm. think that's amazing. And like, like you say, the, the, the setup process still to this point is a little bit, you know, you've got a few tasks that you need to do and you need to sign up as a developer on the Oculus dashboard, which I know Nathy, you know, historically has been vocal about like not wanting to do something like that because, you know, the... the the potential repercussions involved, you know, maybe you don't want to get your Oculus account banned or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that's always been a concern. But how, how have you sort of like negated that, that, that worry from the community to say, like, don't worry, this is, this is safe. And uh, have you had to implement any curation process of your own to any submissions that may have been like malicious or sort of, you know, pirated material, for example, and stuff like that? How do you deal with all, all those problems? Well, I mean, we. Yeah, I think that's an order question. Sorry, part of my role is every single day I'm checking all the the apps that are being submitted to SideQuest. Right. And essentially, I put every single one of them on my headset and I play it for a bit and I just check that it, it's kosher. And, um, you know, there are times when I have to go back and I have to say, look, I, you know, I don't believe that this is, you know, your work. Can you confirm that you're the developer? And, um, you know, more often than not, in those cases, the person just says, yeah, you know, I just thought I'd chance my arm here. I killed it from here. I killed it from there. Or I'm on this private beta. I'm, I'm on Guilty. this private beta and they gave it to me so I can put it here. And I'm like, no, 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 the developer should put it there themselves. 
And so we have to keep a real finger on the pulse as well to know what is out there, um, maybe via Reddit or other discords, so that someone doesn't accidentally submit something that isn't their work. Um, and most of the time it's fine. Um, so Minecraft. Yeah, Minecraft, Minecraft gets really submitted lost. about a hundred yeah. times a week. It's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. um, but I know. made this. <laughs> so so yeah. so you're like the in like, Minecraft. So so developers like I, that's how I see it. Like developers come to, come into this courtroom where you're sitting and you're testing it out, and it's like, but that's hard because I'm sure sometimes something slips because like after a while, it's like of course you played so much, so you can see what are ads, assets that have been copied. But I'm sure there's always something that you're like, oh, oops, uh, later on where. It's, it's generally, I think I've been yeah. okay. We usually, can... if I'm not sure, I'll ask Shane because if it yeah. looks like too good to be true, I'm usually like, <laughs> oh, is this a true. thing? Is this like a PCBR or whatever? Asgard's wrath. Normally, the people who are doing it kind of slip yeah. up, and you can usually tell that they're children because rather than just have a title, they'll have like uh, Asgard's wrath quest port. VR, you know, like you, you can just kind of tell it's not it's the so real funny. thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I love my job. So, have you yet had a, uh, a Unity project put together with a little pop up that just says, Hi, Orla? No? Um, no, not yet. I'd love one, though. Um, yeah. we, we got one that was close the other day. A guy submitted a game that is just a red cube. And that's it. Yeah. And because, you know, we're obviously an open platform, we'll allow it. Uh, we tested it, and indeed, it fit the bill. It, it was a red, a red cube. cube. Yeah. Um, but I think we kind of got a little bit of that Reddit mentality whenever people hit the reviews because um, uh, I wouldn't trust the reviews on that game, shall we say. They're all way too positive. These guys are going nuts. I need to, I'm going to have to download this now. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would. Yeah, it's you, a meditative you, experience. Yeah. I was going to say, there, like when, uh, when, when the iPhone uh, and the Apple Store first launched, there was a red gem you could get for, I think it was $10,000 or something ridiculous, or $500, and you could buy it. And all it did was you could go to your friends, and show this picture of a gem on your phone, and that was it. And, and they had to pull it down after it. It got it got a few sales. I can't remember how much, oh but um, they had to they had to kill it. But uh, yeah, it sounds like that. It sounds like someone took some inspiration. From so that. obviously at this point you're both working on this full time. You know, like all of you're testing out the apps. I take it, Shane, you're like building the you know the actual site itself and the, and, and the app. Um, so how long have you been full time on this, and how how do you sort of monetize it? Because from what I understand is. There are paid apps on the, the platform, but you don't take any cut from that. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I, I basically started working on it full time uh, around mid-November, but the same time uh, as Orla. Before that, it was, it was just a side project, really. It was just something I kind of worked on in the evenings and weekends. Um, realistically, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think we're quite sure exactly uh, on the specifics of, of our business model yet. And we're, we're still kind of working that out. Um, mm. But I think, I think what's important to us is that we offer this uh, facility for developers to be able to get access uh, to discovery and community. And I think that yeah. that's, that's really important. Um, one thing that we have been playing with uh, most recently, and, and you may have heard you know, some of our announcement recently around this, but um, we're focusing on uh, uh, trying to add as much value during uh, the early stages when, when users are playtesting games. You know, whenever we first added the review uh, feature to SideQuest, it just took off. Users are eager to engage and give feedback and give information back to these developers. So uh, we've been talking for a while uh, about SideQuest becoming the kind of test flight uh, of, of virtual reality, where we start to build out tools that 
uh, users can leverage to add more value to what they're doing when they're playtesting these this early access kind of content, and and to be able to then uh, uh, possibly even earn, earn rewards uh, for that uh, uh, engagement. Um, so right now we're 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 sort of um, I think our plan uh, over the next short while is to uh, continue to engage with our developer communities we have, continue to try and gather feedback and and try and gather the most essential uh, uh, you know needs that they have. Uh, but we're interested in focusing on building out some some developer tools. You know, mm. uh, it's 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 you know it's like you said, Rowdy. There's so much more that SideQuest does, and and that's because it is also a developer tool and has been from the start. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why we first built it. Was it just a developer tool for us to uh, deploy our app? Um, and most of the extra features that you've got in it now are, are additional developer tools allowing you to manage the device. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's I think super, super smart because um, I don't know if you remember, there used to be um, a similar platform in the past called uh, Fishbowl. And they would um, basically pay uh, people to basically review their their games in production and give critical feedback on bugs or features yeah. that they think should be implemented in it. And certainly, a lot of content creators around the time, including myself, it was a good way to like learn yeah. uh, how to give critical feedback in VR games and also earn a little bit of money as well if you're just starting a channel. So yeah. I think that's a really amazing feature, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that's implemented in the future for sure. Yeah, us too. I've got a bizarre side question. I know uh, you said you're living there in Ireland. Um, side question? A side question. <laughs> uh, uh, did I actually say that? That's yeah. funny. I yeah. wasn't even intentional. <laughs> I like how Rowdy's gone red now. Um, I'm curious, <laughs> like the, the lo lovely Irish weather, uh, has that ever resulted in like progress on the app you know or the, or the or the site like have you ever been driven indoors and then gone oh and then have like a great thought or spent some hours you know behind the behind the desk working away at it i'm I just think, curious i think in order to be driven indoors you have to go outdoors first mm. and we don't do an awful lot of that to be mm. honest um i've been self-isolating yeah. for years good on you both good yeah. on you both to be honest i worry i mean like Today was the first sunny day in three months, yeah. and I kind of wanted to go out into the garden, but then I kind of didn't, so it was okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Struggles. Yeah. You're right here at home. You're right here at home. Oh, very like that. Yeah. So, so at this point, you've got this huge uh, community that are super passionate uh, about SideQuest, and rightly so. And, and do you think you have like any idea in terms of like percentages, in terms of like Quest? Uh, users that are actually using the app as opposed to not using the app? Like, do you have any metrics or ideas how what that number might be? Well, so, I mean, um, we've only really got access to to what's public and, uh, mm. and uh, you know, what the, what the uh, likes of Superdata tends to come out with, which has often been wildly wrong in the past. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of people are very critical of that. Um, you know, I think as it stands right now, uh, you know, we probably still have in and around about 25 to 30% of the, of the Quest user base on SideQuest. Uh, wow. But I, I, think, um, I think what we're going to be looking at is um, a significant uh, segment of users will be opened up to SideQuest when the uh, onboarding process becomes easier. Um, because, you know, what, what we're looking at is, is when, um, when we can directly integrate with, uh, you know, these, this direct linking system that Oculus are talking about uh, delivering, uh, then SideQuest can load up inside your headset, inside your web browser, no desktop, no PC required, no six-step onboarding process. So for users to get engaged with it, it's just a matter of entering the uh, web address into the browser and away you go. So we're really excited about that uh, and how much that's going to increase. And hopefully we can be prepared 
uh, for the for the volume of traffic that that's that's going to bring to us. But right now, mm. because of obviously the the complication with getting involved, I think there is a certain ceiling there that we're not going to get past uh, mm. on, until that process becomes easier. I'm actually surprised that we've managed to convince so many people uh, to go down that road because one thing we found, you know, I've been in VR for a number of years, and uh, you know the kind of early adopter uh, that, that's involved in VR. But one thing I think I've, we've seen a lot over the last year is how much it's, it's, it's swayed towards the mass consumer. Definitely, you know, yeah. We see that in the, in the level of technical knowledge that they have when they, when they come for, for support with SideQuest. And um, yeah, there's, there's a lot more um, people outside of the VR industry who've, who've been bought, brought in by this headset. And I, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah that, that's great news. T talking about uh, the mass consumer market, uh, if there are questions from the chat, mm -hmm. then uh, feel free to ping us and then uh, we'll answer them later later on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And maybe we should touch on that a little bit more because, you know, um, what Shane was saying was Oculus uh, announced during a blog post in June um, that they're going to enable developers to share their apps to anyone with a quest without having to be accepted onto the Oculus store and without the need for sideloading and a lot of like people from the community had questions as to how this will affect SideQuest going forward and you know how do you you, you obviously feel about uh, you know feel that this is a positive thing um, and that you know SideQuest will still be around and, and be harmonious with whatever system Oculus are creating and you just think in your opinion this is just going to streamline and make things easier for your uh, community basically. Yeah I mean I, I think what Oculus have done is very smart they've managed to have the best of both worlds where they can still maintain their store curation and they can continue to have that, uh, that center of excellence uh, that is the Oculus Store. Uh, but at the same time, they can also take advantage of this growing indie, indie space as well. Um, you know, one thing that I, I uh, it was always brought up in, in our uh, discussions with Oculus uh, to date was how we can maybe leverage more of the Oculus platform for, for side-loaded apps. Mm. Uh, to some degree, they've, they've been out in the cold. Uh, you know, we, we're aware of the fact that To The Top doesn't have multiplayer. And, and there's a reason for that. And it's, it's, it's because uh, they can't access the same facility as, as, some of the, uh, as some of the apps in the store. So, I mean, we're, we're excited to be able to see developers have more options, uh, have smoother user flows when it comes to purchasing uh, or being able to manage uh, future updates to apps. Um, ultimately, we're not interested and in, you know we've maintained this from day one uh, in sidequest is that we're not interested in competing with oculus uh, or competing with that main store experience uh, you know we're much more interested in in building out this early access layer that developers come to 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 sort of prove out their concept and to engage with their community as as a stepping stone to going to the main store so yeah, I, th I think that's a great strategy to do that indeed have you ever yeah. thought about hosting uh, game jams like VR game jams and like some kind of like a, it's almost like a flight, like you'd have a subsection or something on the tool. Cause I, I see a lot of interesting ideas in VR come from very small projects that are kicked off in a number of hours or days. Absolutely. So now you mention it, um, we do actually have one coming up later this year. We're just still ironing out the details. Yes, um, excellent. But it'll be for specifically for the quest. Um, we're pretty excited about partnering with um, some organizations on that. That's and, awesome. Um, we're excited to hopefully get involved with the Global Game Jam coming up um, in January 2021. Um, we caught the tail end of that this year. There were some fantastic uh, quest submissions. And I just hope that there will be even more next year now, given the popularity of the device. 
That's yeah. great news. I, I, I'm a huge indie buff, and I I always go to the side quests. Like when when the the hand tracking stuff dropped within a week, right? We had like actual valuable apps that you could go toy with this solution. We still don't have really anything other than the Guardian system, you know, with with the hand tracking from Oculus as an official title you to go and Elixir. toy with. So, uh, yeah. but but yeah, you're okay, right. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and unfortunately. Elixir doesn't have, I think, enough uh, attention. It's a great little but, app, especially you got cousins or someone to show the headset off to. Um, it, it's a great demonstration, you know. Yeah. But I'd love that first out of the gates, the indie stuff. People can chew into it mm. and deliver to us players something that we can toy with, and it it's great to see that mature as well, like week on week. I'm so glad that you make updating already installed apps so easy that is but, a godsend but like going going back like the message you have i think is a great message to send out you know we want to serve the industry we want to make sure that you know developers have a place to uh you know have their apps and have a place to go to but indirectly you're still competing with the oculus store and i'm sure you don't want to i get it you said it but the thing is, I like for me from the start, SideQuest. I was so surprised that they were just so acceptable on your platform. I'm still happy that it's still around by now, and I hope it will continue to be like that. But the thing is, I feel like they're, you know, yes, they are communicating. Uh, like I don't know what the conversations are, but it, it for me it feels like you know they want to hear from you uh, how your platform works, stuff like that, and in the end. They will just create something themselves. So side quest is not really like there is this certain like it was saying with a guy last week. You know he explained them how virtual desktop works, but he doesn't get the credits for it. So they just and they implemented the virtual desktop feature exactly. In, in, and in that's the, dash, the same. Yeah. Like I'm just scared that they will do the same with side quests. Like okay, uh, interesting. This blah blah blah. And then in the end, it's like oh hey, we got our own. Uh, branded mm. thing. That's just kind of, I don't know, that's my concern because I think what you're doing is great and you deserve the best, but it's still you're talking to a big company who yeah. doesn't necessarily care about you personally. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I mean, uh, we're, 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 we're David and their Goliath in this situation. I'm sure. Uh, I'm very sure. Much yeah. so. Very much but I think so. certainly you've got the community backing behind you. And I think, oh, yeah. you know, should we're the, Oculus. We're the underdog. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think yeah. um, to some degree, I mean, what we could take from is is what's happened in the past and and how how Oculus and Facebook have behaved in the past. Um, you know, they've done this before. You know, there's been Oculus Share, there's been experimental channels on Rift and uh, and that kind of thing. I think that uh, at this stage, Oculus actually sees some value in a third party operating this because okay. the chances are that they're going to engage with the community better. Um, you know, I think that they actually see that it's it's more valuable to not have Facebook branding all over SideQuest uh, because yeah. the chances are that people are going to are going to get involved in it better. And I, I honestly think that they're happy for us to uh, uh, to handle the discovery in the community of that indie channel. Um, and I think it's you know it's it's exactly like you say they're they're a megalithic company that if they wanted they could just stamp us out of existence tomorrow. Um, but the fact is, is that they haven't, mm -hmm. uh, and rather than stamp us out of existence, they've moved more towards positively engaging with us and uh, publicly acknowledging us. That's, yeah, um, that's a good point. That's a like, very good point. They've been down that road before, though. Like, I mean, they, they've done Oculus Share. They did the kind of uh, experimental apps feature, which did not do well on Rift when CV1 was around. It, it just didn't. It didn't work. And I think I I love hearing your side of the story because it gives me a lot more faith 
that they won't just turn around tomorrow, like Nathan mm. said, and send you a harpoon. Um, <laughs> and I, actually, it, it makes logical sense, you know, the way you've portrayed it and why Oculus would prefer that. I know plenty of devs who immediately veered away the second Facebook was mentioned, you know, with the acquisition. I, I think so. that the, the, like the power you have is this community and it's bad advertisement in the end if they do something that is not in yeah. anyone's favor. Um, but I think so. it's, it's that, also the yeah. reason I think that that recent announcement was such a smart move on their part, because you're right in that there's there's uh, revenues here that are that are going away from Oculus. Somebody buys to the top on H.io that money is not being spent in their in their uh, in their Oculus um, uh, uh, wallet, you know, on their Oculus account effectively. And um, what they're now going to potentially do, you know, we don't we don't have the full details on this. Uh, things are still being worked out, but there may be a possibility that they could actually take advantage of some of that revenue share. And what that's going to provide is a smoother user flow for the users. It's going to drive more sales for the developers which means that it's going to be the sort of thing that we're going to want to get on board with and we're going to want to encourage people. So at that point, once again, for the things that matter, we won't be competing with them. Uh, we'll be promoting them. It's, it's like, and exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted to touch on that because, for example, someone like me who is a, who's a big fan of games like Pavlov and Contractors, the only way that I can play this game on, on a quest is by using something like SideQuest, right? So... For me to invest in a device in a device like SideQuest, I'm likely to also get involved into the Oculus Store again and get games there. I'm not only going to buy a, a Quest for only playing that particular game, but eventually you're going to also be trying out things in the Oculus Store. So it's a little bit like a win-win situation there that yeah. you get you know the apps on the on the SideQuest where you maybe bought the entire device for. But then in the end, you're also eventually going to get invested into the Oculus Store, which is what Oculus basically wants. So um, I've got uh, some questions from the community, but before I jump into that, I just got one last question. So with, with Oculus buying up studios right now, you know, uh, what, you know, how would you feel if they approached you and just said, look, can we just buy the platform? You know, like you said, instead of like maybe competing with you, let's just buy you up and then you manage our, you know, sort of side distribution platform. Like, how would you feel about something like that? Uh, that that that's come up quite a few times, as I'm sure yeah. you can imagine. Uh, since that's that seems to be the mode that they're in. And um, recently, I came across uh, a, a, an email from uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, from a number of years ago, talking about the future of VR. And at the time, they were considering a Unity acquisition. Now, I don't know how this made it out into the public domain, but it was really interesting read to get an insight into what their mentality is, what the master plan here is, what's driving a lot of their decision making today. Um, and it seems like the general consensus there is that they're trying to think outside of the box. And rather than just being the hardware provider, they want to be the content platform. They want to actually own some of that content so they can ensure its success. Because the key here is that a platform can't just make the platform owner uh, revenue. In order for it to survive, the people who use the platform uh, need to need to be able to make cash as well. And I think. You know, when they make the announcement like they made earlier uh, in the year about uh, the game sales, you know, one point that they were specific about was how many titles have made over 2 million and how many mm. have made over 1 million. Mm. And I think uh, that's a real signal here for the strength uh, of, of the Oculus platform. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's okay. 
Um, so let's let's go for some questions from the community then. Um, so this one's from Jill Hudson on Twitter, and uh, she asks: Theoretically, could SideQuest be an app that you could sideload once you uh, want, and you install the games from your headset? And I think you touched on this earlier that you know with the new process in the future, hypothetically, it would just be a, a browser link in the web in, in the headset. You go to there, and you could download the apps directly from the browser. I guess. Yeah. So that's also a, a topic that comes up quite a lot ever since the existence of, of SideQuest. Um, to date, uh, we haven't. We didn't really want to. Um, we didn't really want to kind of bully our way onto the platform directly. This is Oculus's platform. I think we've been very careful to date to not do anything that could uh, prompt them to try to to uh, take prevent preventative action against mm. SideQuest. Um, so, realistically, and, and even right now, it's official. It's part of their terms of service. You cannot develop an app and release it on their platform uh, that installs to the headset directly that f facilitates the installation of other apps. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and rightly so. You know, they're heavily invested in the content. They're obviously subsidizing the hardware, so they're pushing forward there to be able to maximize the kind of revenue that they can get. Um, but, you know, and, and we've even had to, you know, we've had quite a few people who've threatened to build this app and to leverage the SideQuest API. And unfortunately, we've been in the weird position where we've had to take preventative action against that because we have to act in the interest of all of our developers mm. and in the ecosystem's uh, kind of interest. So, but that being said, you know, we're excited about the potential to be able to operate uh, as just a, a web-based uh, interface mm. on the headset because then... Uh, you know, we don't uh, encroach on, on any of these uh, uh, terms of service or, or Oculus policies, uh, but we still offer that, that same benefit. So okay. um, right now, today, we do have an in-headset solution. You can uh, have SideQuest set up on your desktop, connected to your headset over Wi-Fi, and then just pop open our website and click install. That will uh, send content to your headset through uh, the, the browser in the headset. Obviously, it's not what a lot of people would prefer, uh, yep. But it's it's our way of operating uh, whilst keeping everybody happy and being able to still uh, offer that as a feature. Okay. Um, the next question comes from Vi uh, the Rye, uh, and this is on, from Reddit. And uh, they ask, what is your contingency plan for SideQuest if Oculus releases its own distribution platform for unofficial content? I know you welcome the announcement, but if this promise materializes, it would be in direct competition with the current SideQuest mission. I think you've already covered that pretty much Um from some of our previous conversations so we'll skip that one um and the next one is from gaming science teacher also on reddit it says what are your estimations on the percentage of quest owners currently using sidequest and i think you also covered that as well sort of 25 30 percent i think was your your estimate um she thanked so maybe, as well in chat who's been watching ah, okay she's a good friend of mine in fact uh, ah well that's yeah. well that's awesome to hear it's a lovely vr community everyone knows everyone <laughs> they, they do don't they yeah it's great so maybe we should take some questions from the chat then i think rowdy's been sort of yeah. collating some of these questions indeed i've been noting some of them down uh first we had uh very early in the show, I saw this question pop up. It was from uh, Max Fernandez. He asked, can you please bring back the not safe for work section on SideQuest? <laughs> <laughs> was that just so Orla can test all the stuff daily? Is that it? Yeah. You uh, didn't give a specific reason as to why, but I think we all know. <laughs> it's funny. I, I find it interesting, the, the difference between how some people behave around this topic. And some people are very, very open about what they want to do, what they want to achieve, and what they want to get out of it. And others are a little bit more reserved. And, you know, we, we get a lot of DMs about this uh, and about support while we get people set up. And then, of course, uh, it's radio silence after that because they're, they're basically ready to go. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I've always been a strong supporter uh, of um, an open system. And uh, basically, I was the last man standing whenever it came to making the final decision that we would not allow not safe for work content on SideQuest anymore. It was two days before Christmas that we disabled not safe for work content because somebody made me aware that no matter what measures we put in place to verify age and to put explicit content warnings and whatever else, we were about to get an influx of people from the ages of probably 13 to, to, to you know, probably 25, I think is a good estimate of the, of the Quest user base uh, age range. Yeah. And it meant that unfortunately we were in a difficult position where we were going to possibly expose a lot of people who were underage to this kind of stuff. And I, mm. that, that was what changed my mind. Uh, and until that moment, I, you know, I fought with everybody uh, internally and within our community that we would maintain this. I always, yeah. you know, we had a lot of people who would come to me and say, get rid of this stuff. You can't do this, you know, yeah, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe with a religious motivation or something like that. But I would always defend them. I thought those guys, they did some amazing things with the technology, you know, to be able to do six and eight K video on something like the Oculus Go. That's an impressive thing to do. And, you know, just to, to plug those guys, I'm in no way affiliated, but they have a, a video player app. Um, it, it, it's available now on the Quest Store called DOVR, has all the same features as that, obviously without the not safe for work content. Uh, and um, the technology that they're, that they're uh, pushing out there is really cutting edge. And, and, and I felt like uh, they deserved some support. Uh, and that's why I actually had that content on SideQuest months before I even engaged with those guys. I had it on there because people wanted it, not mm. not because they were, they were controlling it. But of course, they, they, they uh, caught up with us and said, hey, uh, so this is why we've seen a yeah. 30% uh, increase in sales over the last while. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just to say, like, Max is now telling the entire chat that it was just a joke. It was just oh, a joke. Just a joke. Sure. Asking for a friend, I'm sure. Is it, sure. Is it, sure, Max. Sure, Max. Is, 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 is it the same story with, because we have on the podcast had this discussion many times before with, like, these dating simulators that are usually coming from Japan. Is that the same story for you? For you? Like, that's something that you wouldn't distribute on the platform? I think uh, we would probably align with the Oculus policy in that if there's bare breasts or exposed genitalia, then yeah, it's an issue. Okay. But, but we have an app there called T Together VR, which is probably very close oh, to, yeah, to yeah, kind yeah, of the theme yeah, that you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Ooh, yeah. And from the numbers <laughs> that we've it's seen, like, you know... it's very popular. It's, it's, it's borderline. But I think where possible, <laughs> we'd like to err on the side of openness when we yeah. can. You know, I think that actually bridges nicely to uh, to the next question that was asked by Paradise Decay that said, uh, has SideQuest had to reject any titles? Uh, I know that you touched briefly on like rejecting uh, things that aren't owned by the actual submitter, but are there like specific titles that you also just flat out reject? And what is your kind of like guideline on that? Not, not really. I mean, like I say, I'll, I'll install the app and I'll, I'll I'll play test it for a few minutes. You know, if it's if it's broken, if it's just not working, then I know that the users are going to have that experience and the developers possibly open the you know a rake of negative reviews. I'll just tell the developer that you're not ready yet. Um, you need to go away and fix this, or you know, it's black screen, or you know, this controller isn't working. And usually, it's a simple thing. They'll go, oh right. And then they'll go off and fix it and come back. But yeah. generally speaking, um, most things get on there if they don't break the rules. Yeah, we we, we need someone like you for every platform for, for <laughs> Oculus Home and for Steam. Like you're like the protector of the people. Yeah, the gatekeeper. And maybe too protective. <laughs> <laughs> the Hodora VR. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, uh, then a final question that I spotted was from the D1360VR. Uh, he said, um, social PCVR app Anyland trying to pass the Quest version was not approved. And I w was wondering if you have contacted Anyland Dev or if they contacted you. Uh, that would be one of the greatest social uh, VR uh, apps on SideQuest. Heard of it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've, I've played it, in fact. Um, I, I have a tendency... I've you know, to kind of frequent the social VR. I've got a, a soft spot in my in my heart there for social VR. I think uh, presence is a huge element uh, that brings uh, uh, to, to VR games. A lot of the things we've been talking about, like the um, the uh, uh, theater kind of things you were talking about before, Mike, you know, presence is what really makes that a thing. And uh, you heard it here first, but the person who makes VR Tinder, where you can literally go on a date with somebody, you know, that's going to be huge. That's going to revolutionize things. So, you know, <laughs> point. You, yeah, take that to the bank. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would love, I haven't spoken to the, the devs of Anyland. I would love to talk to them. If we can help them in any way, I'd be excited to do that. Uh, one of the things we've been teasing recently is some new features built into SideQuest, which are going to help uh, with discovery. Uh, now, part of that, just, just one piece of that, is to try to help uh, developers who want to uh, post updates, updates about events, updates about multiplayer sessions, uh, we've even got an element of that that allows the community to also contribute to that, to post content and, uh, and allow developers to be able to engage with the community. Because I think, I think uh, that's really important. You know, some of these social games, um, they kind of live and die by the player base being on there. And you can have a really amazing title, uh, but it requires people. And, uh, and sometimes the difference of having people or not is just that key element of discovery. So um, yeah, we're we're really excited to help boost that. Uh, you know, there's there's a, there's going to be a, a, a sort of a taste of uh, of social and multiplayer uh, uh, focus on what we're what we're going to be rolling out soon. Great. Nice, awesome. Right. Well, we're running on a little bit, so I think we're going to have to wrap it up. But is there any sort of like a sort of brief sort of update you can give in terms of like the roadmap for the future? You said you know obviously you've got this streamlined process coming from Oculus. You've got this kind of like paid uh, app testing thing, you know, uh, that you want to run as well. So get feedback from the community for devs. Any other killer sort of features that you're working on that you want to share with us? I think, yeah, I don't think we have any uh, specific news uh, to, to announce at this point. Uh, we've got lots of great ideas. Uh, we're, we're in the process of uh, fundraising right now. And uh, what we'd really like to do is to grow a team uh, and start to prototype. So mm -hmm. over the next six months, uh, we're going to be testing the water with quite a few different bits and pieces, I think. So uh, there's going to be some exciting stuff, but um, yeah, a lot of it's a lot of it's still conceptual now. So I, I don't want to tease something uh, too early, and then it, and then it never actually sees uh, the light of day. But um, yeah, I think you know, just keep on trucking, uh, keep on trying to encourage developers to get involved in VR as much as we can. Uh, working with, uh, as Orla mentioned before. Uh, game jams and stuff like that, uh, and really trying to um, uh, get access to the next generation of AAA is the current generation of indie, right? So yeah. uh, that's that's what we're excited uh, to to engage with anybody who's who's interested in, in taking a taking a leap on, on virtual reality. But uh, awesome. I'd also like to just give a very special shout out to our moderators on our Discord yeah. who honestly do so much um, for the community. Um, and yeah, we, we couldn't do it without them. So I just want to say thanks to those guys. Nice, nice. Well, thank you both for being on the show. And also thank you from us and of course the VR community as well for working so hard on the SideQuest platform and making it even possible because certainly for us, you know, it's filled the gaps in between like major releases on the Oculus platform and 
provided us with some amazing gaming experiences like Pavlov, Hyperdash, and, and the rest of them, and like VR Crisis Brigade, you know, one of my, my other favorite games on SideQuest. So thank you for joining us and thank you for making that all possible. Absolutely delighted to come Thanks on the show, guys. So um, now it's time to hand it over to Zim for the latest releases for this week. I think you've got a few releases for us to look forward to potentially. Yeah, quite a few. Uh, so you're going to have to buckle in, uh, grab some popcorn, and we've got um, eight releases this week. I told you July was going to be a nutter. Wow. And it's wow. absolutely mental. So there's a few things here that are worth seeing. I'm going to keep it relatively brief on each of them. Uh, as Mike said, we're already running a bit late. So uh, let's just dive into the first one. Do you like DIY? If you do, then uh, Workshop, pronounced like a proper Russian, uh, is going to be for you. So you get a you get a saw, hammer, nails. Got to thank Nathy for this one. Um, Workshop for PC VR released releases on, or released on the fifteenth of July, and uh, this one challenges you with DIY assembly projects, much like home improvisation, which we talked about some time ago. But but the precision of your cuts are all down to you and oh. your steady hand. You get oh. chalk, pencils, all these different uh, tools, and a whole host of nails, and 17 different types of lumber. So if wood's your thing, <laughs> I don't think I've seen a VR uh, project before with um, <laughs> heck? with this kind of work. There's gonna be a lot of ugly closets coming out of that <laughs> one for me. So <laughs> I, I tried a, this. Um, did you, did you? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, what did you, what, what, wait, 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 what did you make? Um, so I made it look like a little table. It was rubbish, but um, <laughs> but, but the, the reason why is that because you guys know that I really love that wrench game where you had to build an engine. Oh, yeah. For some yeah, reason, I just yeah. love these games where you build stuff. I just love it. So this <laughs> was like right up my Especially street. Especially because you get to learn something. I, like, so, I want to yeah. learn how to how to make something. So uh, I tried it out, and it's actually really really fun. And I was considering making a video, but I just think it would be like the worst video ever. Like when I when I watched it back. So I think I'm just going to enjoy it myself. But it's one of those things that if you have that kind of OCD satisfaction of building something then you'll just love this wait, wait, wait. so could you technically strap a hammer to a controller um with some duct tape <laughs> sure. and get, get, sure get like could. a really immersive but, but i tell you what like the actual like hammering nails into wood like sensation is actually really really satisfying yeah. <laughs> super satisfying and you can pull these nails out with the claw at the end oh, that, as well nice. oh. it, and, and the physics they work very very well wait, so, so um, do we have a photo of your like you should post a photo of your table somewhere uh, I'll, I'll share yeah. a photo with, 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 with my should. creation when i go back into it i, will I really sure. want to see that one yeah, yeah. i want to okay. see it yeah. oh maybe i'll God, do the video like... after all just for you guys <laughs> <laughs> in the bloody trailer they're building a bloody house like jesus yeah. it's <laughs> pretty fun <laughs> That's adventurous. Anyway, yeah, so uh, I'm glad you played that, Mike, and <laughs> that it's not just rubbish. Um, all right, next, uh, for everybody who's been fnaffing it up this week, that's Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, and you've been, like, testing your skills at uh, Operation, uh, Nathy found us uh, a lovely title called, I love this name, Steady, uh, which is $5, four uh, pounds. It's there for PC VR since the 17th of July from Situated Studio, and is essentially a deceptively simple movement game where you have to pass a ring through a number of obstacles, uh, cannonballs, jiggly bits, and generally try to bring this this uh, this this circle down a snake, essentially. So um, if that sounds like your kind of thing, this looks like it would drive me absolutely freaking insane. Uh, then not expensive, uh, just out, and that's steady. 
So, so yeah. I played this before the show, actually. Oh oh. <laughs> um, and, and literally, it was almost the reason why I was late for the show, because I got super hooked on this. <laughs> you um, got hooked to this? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, saw the, I saw the trailer yeah. and I was like, I don't know why this looks really satisfying. Again, I don't know what it is like about these games. <laughs> so they're just super satisfying to me. And I, I started playing it, and I think it's probably the one game recently that I almost rage quit on, because it's, it's so hard. Like, when you get... It's so hard. It already looks hard, you, yeah. You can't just do it with your hand. You actually have to to manipulate the controller with two hands to solve these puzzles. Like oh that's how, god, that's how complicated they are. Really? And you'll get near the end and you get hit by a cannonball. Oh my god, it's like rage inducing. But oh um, super, super fun. And it should be on Quest, but I think it got rejected. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to uh, to uh, be a side quest yes. game because yes. uh, it's super, yeah. super fun. This, this, yeah, this so is it. So it's there on Steam anyway, if you want it. So there this you go. Is what, First this, one. What, this is what Rowdy would call Dr. Bibber, a VR experience. Yes, yes indeed, Dr. Bibber. That's how we call it in Belgium. <laughs> Yeah, so fun. we've got so we so so far we've had uh, we, we've we've had you playing with wood. We've yeah. had you uh, guiding a, a, a disc down down a snake, um, and and I'm just gonna blast through the next couple because I'm trying to keep this as high level as I possibly can. <laughs> All right, next uh, is into the radius. So into the radius um, mm. is a single player survivor shooter, walking sim, odd dystopian universe. Um, and it's it's just a very bizarre game. I've played this one um, about a year ago when it was. Kind I was of, about to say yeah. Yeah, uh, we, I think we talked yeah, about this one. It was like a rough. long time ago. It was pretty yeah. rough at the time. It was kind of cool. Uh, it gave me kind of Daisy mm. vibes. Um, and and the story behind it, um, which is like you've got these invisible, um, I don't know how to call it, like energy orbs that you have to kind of sidestep. And it's 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 pretty rough because you're trying to survive and at the same time not get killed by these like landmines. And then you're you've got actually enemies that look like zombies coming at you as well. So weird. If you're looking to scratch the itch, 20th of July into the radius, uh, you've got that game dropping. And okay. the next barrage of games that we have, because we've got we've got a plethora here, literally one a day. Uh, so my suggestion here: take off the next week because you're going to need it if you're really into VR games. Um, mm -hmm. So we're starting off into the radius, 20th of July. Next. Uh, Vertigo Remastered, we've mentioned before. So Vertigo uh, has gotten a real spit shine and a polish um, from good old Zubalo. Uh, and and this is something that I know Nathie's spoken about. I've played around with the initial game. It's an immersive, story-driven game uh, incorporating the cutting edge of VR gameplay and some new mechanics that have come out from the developer's time working with Valve as well. Now plastered and recoded in the original game. So if you missed, like I'm sure a lot of you have, the original Vertigo, uh, take it from Nathie and me and maybe some of the other guys as well, a recommendation to go check this one out while you're eagerly awaiting uh, the full yeah. product of Vertigo 2. Which is yeah, I think, I think we should year. highlight this one for next week and uh, talk yeah. a bit more about it. Yeah, I'm planning to play this one tomorrow because uh, I missed it first time around, so I'm definitely looking forward to this one. It's Even the first one is such a good game. It's just such a good game. Yeah. Yeah, you would almost uh, think VR isn't dead, right? <laughs> almost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just about. <laughs> so that's that's Vertigo. If you also, again, I always keep talking about uh, the original, but if um, Vertigo 2 interests you as well, grab the demo, really worth a playthrough. Yeah. You probably get an eight hour's playtime from that. Uh, and yeah. and again, uh, the original Vertigo, you know, again, consider this one. So that one is 21st of July. So that's the next day of the week. Uh, let's go another day. And we've got dreams. These are all just massive things that are coming, and it's like, it's it's hard to believe. But dreams is dreams, which was a flat game. PSVR um, is has gone VRified with a PSVR update coming 
on the 22nd of July. So if you are a creative sort and you want to go make yourself a nice breakfast or a game with mechs in it, then Dreams is for you. Uh, plus, if, if you're a PlayStation person, this is the only game that we're talking about in this run-up. So PlayStation's been a little bit of a dry spell coming into the month of July, aside from Iron Man, of course. Uh, if, when you're done with Iron Man, go make some eggs. I, I, I think this is a this is a fantastic title as well. Like uh, developers, because I I met them before at like a, at like the launch party when they launched like the 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 Dreams uh, the regular version. Because Sony and loves they're, they're, loves Rowdy. Oh, Sony they loves love Rowdy. me. They, they yeah. absolutely they love are, me. Well, well, why not um, us? Huh? I don't know. Why, you why are you to Sony? How, okay. how would I know? Okay. How would I, what, what, did, what, did, what did you do, Nathy? What yeah. did you do? You know how much I had to save up to buy. What Iron didn't Man? we do? What you didn't we do? Like, right? That's the question. Three months. Exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. But anyway, like they're a very small group of people, um, but that are very, very passionate about this kind of game. And the previous games that they made are all actually really, really creative, very artistic. And I think that this this is really like a little bit like the summum of their work. Yeah. There's a lot of things that come together here from like music and audio generation up until like full on game design. Mm. Uh, and I think that something like this hits VR because I asked them back then as well, like, are you guys planning on, on, on delivering VR support? Because I, I saw like immediately the potential of that and it was very high on their list. So I'm very happy that they oh. actually pushed through with that and managed to bring. So because of the, you, there's now VR support. Platform. Well, we ought to thank Rowdy. No. Yeah, if you could just tell your mates that we're interested as well, then uh, that'd be really nice. <laughs> Got any contacts at Microsoft, Rowdy? Because I need a, I need a shoe. Yeah, maybe I should give. Maybe I should spark up some connections just... with Microsoft. <laughs> there we go. Whatever you did to Sony. Yeah, anyway, uh, next. You don't on... want to know. <laughs> I give a... Has it been? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, has it been side quest loaded? But anyway, um, right. So next, Honor and Duty, another PSVR title now coming to play, coming from PlayStation to PC VR. Uh, this was this is an interesting one. It's the closest to Battlefield, I think, in in VR that I've had. Quite a cartoony visual uh, experience. You can drive tanks, jeeps, play a variety of classes in sixteen versus sixteen uh, multiplayer battles. So. It, it really does give you the scale of combat. Um, I think it's quite a, a progressive title. Nice indie. Uh, yeah. When it dropped on PSVR, uh, it was a little bit rough around the edges. And a cool thing that I just heard from the devs uh, dropped in my email this morning, uh, they've got force tube support. So pay I attention. just wanted to say, I just to say, like, maybe they should consider that, but never mind. There you go. Yeah, they've got force tube support. So, um, wow, wow. you know, that that's going to be pretty epic, I it's... think, in this one. There's actually even, like, a battle royale mode and things like that. So... Honor and Duty D-Day. If you haven't heard about it before and you've got an itch for something Battlefield in VR, there you yeah, go. This is Battlefield in VR, yeah. The nicest thing is they've even got like the same same sticks uh, control for when you're like driving. So you can literally drive and shoot out the side of your Jeep and oh, stuff at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, that is really, really nice. So, mm -hmm. boom. So we had 20th of July, into the Radius, 20th of 1st, Vertigo, 22nd, Dreams, 23rd, Honor and Duty D-Day, 23rd. Oh. Again, we get two for the price of one. We've got In Death Unchained. So In oh. Death Unchained is uh, the one that reminds a lot of people of Assassin's Creed. Very different type of game, though. Mm. Uh, it's an archery roguelite title. Procedural cathedrals, if they're your bag, this is your game. And plenty exercise for your core muscles. If, you, if you're like me and you sit on your ass too much, work in a desk job, uh, then this one will get you twisting and, and moving. Uh, and... Uh, it's a new quest title. I think it's, um, again, in terms of this lineup, uh, one of the only quest games that's dropping next week. So 23rd of July, In Death Unchained is definitely something you should be uh, considering. One thing I want to mention about In Death Unchained is that um, initially they had like a teleportation mechanic where you fired an arrow and that's where you would uh, 
sort of teleport to. They're actually yeah. uh, got the, they they got a lot of feedback from the community saying they wanted smooth locomotion, and they're actually right. working on implementing that now. So uh, it should be available around right. release, if not soon after. So if that's what you're right. interested in, or it swayed you away from the game, then right. bear that in mind. I could Thank have you. told them that before they actually. Released the <laughs> yeah, game, yeah. That the community well, would want that. Yeah. Well, this is this is an amazing lineup. Thanks for giving us some hope again, Jim. We're almost there. One, one more. more. One more to go. Oh, that was one seven. More. A bonus. That's all right. That's all right. One more. So <laughs> I know we've got we've got a lot on this week. This is that's the most I've ever had. Next one, we talked about it at the intro. Paper Beast. Uh, Mike hinted at it. I played that this week on PC. Uh, I'm so glad that I held off playing Paper Beast until it dropped on PC because the game looks astonishing. It's thirty dollars, twenty five pounds approximately at launch for the price. Twenty uh, fourth of July. This one will be available. So this finishes off the VR week of releases. But you can actually try the PC demo now. And this is the kind of game where I'd highly suggest go try the demo out because um, it's got the pacing of Space Odyssey 2001, i.e. very slow, and there are going to be times when you think, oh god, this game is pretty boring. Uh, but it's got like the fluid physics and some environmental effects of Boneworks, and I honestly felt like I was on a VR safari. Uh, you're meant to kind of explore uh, this adventure game, but the beauty in it, I found, was the game mechanics. Like, they don't, there's not a single pop-up that tells you what's going on, and from the very beginning of the game, and I will spoil absolutely nothing, you will be thinking, the heck am I playing? This is a, this is a bonkers title. And there are places where you're going to stop and say, is this actually a game, or am I just waiting? Am I just, like, waiting for something to happen? And then you'll transition into a whole beautiful new scene. The detail of the water effects, the physics, uh, the sound score, the way the critters behave, like, I'm, I was really smitten with this. I think oh. it will not be for everybody. This is definitely wait, wait, wait. a case of VR Marmite. So this is a game where you grow stuff? So there is an interactivity element to it. Imagine, like, you build VR sandcastles. Like, there's, there's an element to that where you're controlling water, sand, uh, other aspects of it, and yeah. the creatures themselves, like the interactivity between the various creatures. You have uh, passive creatures, you have creatures that are... Uh, carnivorous, uh, and it's 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 a it's a treat for the eyes, a treat for the ears. Uh, but at the price point, if you're not into kind of artsy fartsy VR experiences, probably stay away from it. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff and you have an appetite for kind of slower paced, then it does a lot of stuff right. Uh, and the the physics really reminded me of Boneworks in it. So there you go. Mm. And you guys played yes. this yet? I'm kind of curious. Did anyone you play on, on PlayStation when it launched? I did. I, I did, Mike but did. I was just I I just found it too slow for me. And, and, and I'm, would be too slow I'm for a you, huge Mike. fan of Eric Kahi as well. Like he actually developed one of my favorite games of all time, and that was Another World. So I was disappointed uh, with this one, but um, it, you know, uh, it'll but, be someone's jam for sure. There are there are points even up to the place where I thought I was in the credits, where I was re ready to tap out, and you just have to kind of keep Push going. Through. Yeah, yeah. And there are some amazing scenes in this um, that I will remember, I think, till the end of my VR days. But that's it. <laughs> it's got continuous locomotion, which it didn't have on PlayStation, which is oh. a Big deal. So nice. they did improve the PC version in Yeah, it's some got ways. several improvements. It's got they've upgraded the textures and everything. It didn't look okay. like a, a PSVR game that had been ported. It looked pretty. Uh, so nice. if you are willing to put the money in, I think you'll get what you want out of it. I played it for three hours straight and I still haven't beaten it yet. Also so. control wise, it's better. Control wise it was great. Yeah, I, I had no problem with the controls. Um, okay. I think it wasn't Boneworks janky. is high praise. Uh, I think I want to write that down. What was it called again? Paper Beast. Paper Beast. Paper Beast. Yeah. It just, it, it, the, there are pieces of it that you will see this kind of sand and water interaction 
um, along with, again, it feels like Space Odyssey 2001, if you remember the scene with the monolith in that, like there are parts in this game that just feel a lot like that, like your eyes are getting opened and you're just an ape. So. Uh, it's it's worth the time you'll put into it. Those are our eight releases this week. That was uh, Workshop, Steady. I won't say the others. You've got a week of VR next week. Let's get it. Let's get ourselves out of here. We've held captive these two poor people for, yeah. for too long. <laughs> Thank so you sorry. all for uh, watching. That was releases. I'm so sorry for keeping you you both so long, and I really appreciate you both being on the show, so thank you again. Um, So just a quick reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show, live-streamed every Saturday on YouTube and on Twitch. Don't forget, uh, you can catch the show, uh, the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. Make sure you hit that like button, shows us that you care, and subscribe to the channel for all our future shows. Uh, Thank you again for being awesome guests on this week's show, and I can't wait to see what you guys do in the future with SideQuest. It's super exciting with this new update from Oculus. So thank you again, and thank you to our amazing community for being with us and sticking around in the chat and and, uh, showing us some love. We really, really appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another great show. So until then, have a great week in VR. You've got plenty to play. Take care and bye-bye for now. See you later.